It's cool. It's not heavy. Okay, yeah. sweet. Yeah, now I can no, hear you just you know, fine. You do that thing where you like, hold like a two-pound weight out for five minutes, and then it feels like 30 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's cool. All right, sweet. All right, man. How you doing, man? Oh, dude, I'm great. How's it going? It's, uh, it is going. Sorry it took so long to get started. This is the, uh, the side of podcasts that no one really talks about, but there's always a shit show for, like, 30 minutes before we even <laughs> begin to record. No, you get, like, I have no understanding at all oh, of yeah. it. Like, dude, I'm doing a sound check. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. I don't know what that means, but all right. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, can I hear stuff? Yeah, I made good. some changes, yeah. like, to my setup recently. Because I have, like, an iMac, and apparently you're able to use it as a monitor for, like, your PC. So I took, like, my, uh, I have, like, a gaming rig I made for a Seto, and I decided to use it as a computer as well. So I kind of have it set up recently changed, so, like, all the cords that I plugged in kind of, like, fucked with all the settings. So now I had to, like, undo everything I did to get the podcast going. Oh, dude, that's crazy. I'm, like, not a technologically gifted person. And I, it's not great, man. I started trying to make like videos. Uh-huh. And I'm starting from like zero knowledge. Oh, like zero. Uh, like I'm on, I'm on YouTube, or I, I mean, I at least have some of it down. But I'm like on YouTube, trying to figure out how to like, just like put clips together. You know what I mean? Like zero knowledge. Oh, and it's uh, like I don't have. The I'm getting for better. That. At I know it. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's dumb. I tried I it like know. once, and then I just moved on with my life. Yeah, it's tough. Like, my friends who, like, tell me what to do, they're like, no, I got to download, like, uh, what is it, Adobe Premiere Pro, because I have a Windows, uh-huh. and it is not user-friendly, in my opinion. But my idea of, like, user-friendly is I should be able to, like, figure out simple tasks without someone telling me how to do it. You know what I mean? You would hope. Yeah. No, it's like, and then I'll finally, like, look up a YouTube video or whatever, and I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of steps for a simple thing. Hey, I get, you're starting to okay. sound distant. Is that better? Oh, uh, no. Is this better? No. It's not? <laughs> not at all. Uh, no, it's, it's right on my face right now. Oh, wow. You know what? Please, hold on one second. Maybe it's these headphones. I have another set of headphones. Hang on one second. Okay. Yeah, I hear you good now. Oh, I'm not even holding it up. Look at that. There you go. Now I can hear you just fine. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. So is the headphones. One second. But it's so weird, like, the audio settings with, like, Skype, where it kind of fucking hates you. (laughs) It's, uh... It'll sound clear one second, and then the next second, like, it's all distorted. Yeah, see, now I can't hear you again. Oh, can you hear me now? Huh? How about now? No. Oh, crap. I don't know if it's yours or not. I don't know what I did. Let's see. I'm going to leave it at full volume and hope that I can control it other ways. 
Is there a way I can turn it up on my end? Yeah, I can't hear you. It's weird though, because like, it's it's recording you fine, but in my headphones. Or oh really? Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch! It was the headphones the whole t- fucking time. Your headphones. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> okay, good. No, I feel like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. You're just messing with me. Yeah, I new headphones too, so it's been a. There we go. I think I got it now. Sweet. All right. There you go. Cool. All right. And I'm not distant. No, not at all. Oh, sweet. All right. Cool. Okay. I have to walk around holding the thing up. No, there you go. All right. We are good to go now. I will, uh... What is it? I will write down the time so I can just delete the first section. All right. So what's up, man? How's uh, how's everything? How's the road treating you? Uh, dude, you know, it's got its ups and downs. It's good. You know, overall, I'm like a big uh, life experience person. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was trying to find, like, I know I value that. So I try to, like, view the, the downs as just part of the ride. You know what I mean? Part of the so journey. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Part of the journey. It hasn't been too bad. Like, the RV stuff has been fun. Like, finding places is kind of the hardest thing. Of just like living, like living out of an RV, uh-huh. and there's just like a lot of people who a either live full time in an RV now, or they just like do it. You know what I mean, like for vacation or something. So if you want to go somewhere like somewhat interesting or nice, I mean like Florida in the winter time or something, it's pretty difficult to get a spot. Mm. But uh, but yeah, not as good. We're on the way. Uh, we went up to Buffalo. Because uh, I have some family up there. We're just kind of hanging out. And now we're on the way to Xena, uh, Ohio, I think, uh, for Drift Indy, which starts tomorrow. Oh, how, but how much further do you have to go? Two hours. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so we stopped. We were going to stop part of the way. It was six hours from Buffalo. But I have three kids. Oh, okay. Just five, five, three, and almost two. So oh, we it's got like, babies, yeah. Yeah, man. So you know, I mean, you got like you have a kid, right? Yeah, I got a ten-year-old. Yeah, a ten-year-old. So you remember when he was little? It's like you know, time you know, plus another couple of them, like road trips. Yeah, just add a bunch of hours. <laughs> plus, I'm going kind of slow, pulling the RV. Yeah, but, I imagine uh, so. But yeah, so we tried to get to this uh, this place. It was like a farm. So there's this thing called like Harvest Host. Mm-hmm. Where you, it's pretty cheap. I think it was like 50 bucks for the year or something like that. But you can basically just, businesses sign up for it. I think like people, like individuals can too. But we mostly just do businesses. Mm-hmm. So it could be like a brewery or a winery or there's random stuff like mechanic shop uh, or like farms or something. So this is like a farm that also has, a, I don't know, like you can buy stuff there. And you can just like roll up. And they'll normally only let you stay like one night, maybe two. But it's great for trips like this. You know, I mean, we're trying to go a distance mm-hmm. and just stay one night. But, uh, but anyway, we got there and nobody was there and we didn't know what to do. And we couldn't get a hold of anyone. And they also like live there. So they didn't want to like park my huge trailer right in front of their house. Yeah. Without like asking them about it first. So now I'm at Walmart. We're just <laughs> like living, living at Walmart right now. <laughs> well, they, uh, Walmart allows it. Well, let's, uh, let's circle back for a second real quick. Um, but if you can introduce yourself, who you are, what you drive, and where you drive it currently. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, hello, my name is Andy May, and I am uh, originally from Georgia, north of Atlanta, but now I live everywhere, and I live full-time in an RV that's like a toy hauler, and I put the drift car in the back, which is also the kids' room, and it's a E36. It was an E36 M3, which I crashed two weeks ago, totaled the chassis. And now I have another E36 that's not an M3 chassis, but it has, like, same S52 and stuff in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, that's me and where I live and the car. And uh, I, where did you originally hit me up at? Was it uh, Instagram, I think. Was it on my personal account or was it in? Uh... No, I think it was on the on the drifting one, on the pro M one. What's your Instagram handle? Looking for it. It's uh, drifty by nature. Drifty by nature. That's kind of neat, actually. Like naughty by nature, I but got it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people probably aren't old enough to get that. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I am. <laughs> there you are. Found it. That's pretty sweet. So, uh, what made you decide to just jump in an RV and live your best life with the, with the freaking family, might I add? Yeah, dude. It's like, <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know, man. I think it's just like a, I think it's just like an early midlife crisis kind of a thing. Um, you know, I was just, I still have, I have a business back in Atlanta. It's mm-hmm. like a pool company. Okay. And um, it's not huge, but I got like a good, like small group of guys there kind of taking care of stuff while i'm gone and i'm still working like remotely kind of a thing like running stuff my wife does a lot with it too she does like all the billing and scheduling and stuff oh okay but um but yeah man i think i just hit a point i just worked so much in that business and i i used to work for car companies doing like marketing events and stuff and then i worked i worked for porsche for a while i just like i had these kind of cool jobs but i was always gone my job is always like get on the plane and go to work. You know what I mean? So then I had the kids. And I was like, well, I want to be around more. So I didn't know anything about pool. Started this company, whatever. And I just like worked my butt off at it. And I got to a certain point where I was just like, well, why? Why am I doing this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I just kind of had to think about it a bit more. The whole reason I started it was to be around my family more. But I wasn't because I was just working in my. Like, my personality is that I just have to, like, take everything to just the ragged edge. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not, and that's a good thing sometimes, but it's not a good thing other times. You know what I mean? No, understandable. And, uh, no yeah, risk, man, no I'd, reward. Exactly. And it's, but it's also like, you know, calm down. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so yeah, I think I just hit a point where I was just getting kind of tired of it. And I was like, you know what? There's really, I don't have a good reason to try and like grow the business more. Like it's comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like every, the guys are working in it, you know, they're supporting their families. I'm supporting my family. I don't, the only reason I would keep going would be like ego. So why would I do that? Especially on something that I'm not like super passionate about. Yeah. And I've been on a racetrack, some form or fashion since I was like 17. And I'm 32 now, so a long time. And I got into drifting a couple of years ago. And my wife was just like, yeah, you spent a lot of time <laughs> going drifting. Spent a lot of money on tires. Why don't you just like try to throw more into it? I was like, well, okay. So here we are. And she wanted to do the whole RV thing. She loves to travel. I also like to travel. 
Oh, that's awesome. it seemed like a good combination of the two. And yeah, I'm still super busy doing stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, just working. But at least I'm here with the family. I'm going to do stuff I enjoy. So yeah, it's just like a weird life turning point I got to, I guess. No, no, I hear that, man. That's actually a beautiful thing you have going on. Like, not everyone gets to get a supportive partner like that, especially then to go do something they love throughout, you know, drive around the country. So, that's oh, definitely yeah, it's awesome. crazy. She forgets she, she it was her idea. So <laughs> every now and then, you know what I mean? Where she's just like, how Tired did you <laughs> talk me into this? And I'm like, I didn't. It was your idea. She's like, no, it wasn't. Like, it was. <laughs> she, yeah. I don't remind her of it. She's like, okay, it was. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, y- did you, uh, you you had mentioned that you wrecked the E36, your M3 chassis. How bad did you uh, ruin it? I ruined it pretty decently. Um, so, it, what happened was I was up in New Hampshire mm-hmm. um, with Nedco, which is Northeast Drift Company, or, com- I don't know, Northeast Drift Co. And... They, it's like a basically like a big parking lot event at a speedway, but they have like jersey barriers in different sections of the layout they had. So, anyway, I was just being a dummy and like always trying to run the wall, and I just like screwed up a little bit, tapped the wall with the back of the car, brought the front of the car in, and I just like kind of came to a stop. I'm using my hands like you can see me, but I came to a stop Uh and I just kind of like with the front like driver's side basically the front driver's side wheel like pointing into the into the barrier and then i was in like a four like four or five car tandem train and then the next guy behind me just like plowed right into me and just like accordion the car into the wall and it just wrecked the chassis it like tore the yeah it messed it up kind of bad so the but the motor the trans it broke the mount like the engine the transmission were just like flopping around in there oh Um, wow and it broke my front control arm the one that was on the wall the driver's side it didn't break it it bent it um snapped the coil over right in half and then it just kind of caved in the back of the car but yeah i was hoping i would get lucky and i would be able to just kind of replace the few bits that were broken which wasn't really that bad and maybe just like have a fabricator like tube the rear or something Uh but one of the guys I was driving with uh, was super cool, and he had a shop back in Connecticut. So I had AAA take the car to Connecticut and put it up on the rack and looked at it. The like, oh, chassis done. So that was it. Wow. So it wasn't that terrible. Like the video of it isn't that terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it killed it, which I feel bad about. I didn't think I was that attached to it, but I feel like my dog just died. Oh, I haven't yeah. lost a dog yet, so I haven't know the feeling. Oh no! All but right. now I have like four dogs, so. And oh man, that was a, that was a bad timing. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, but it's all right. So I got another car, but it was actually the car that I was driving with a lot. That the guy whose shop it was, I went down there with, mm-hmm. and um, I bought his car off of him, and. It's not an M3, but it's like a 325 and had an S52 in it already. And, um, yeah, and I just had, like, I had SLR up front and some different coilovers and stuff. So I just kind of moved the stuff I wanted. And he, like, he helped me with a lot of it. And he just kind of, like, moved all the kind of stuff onto off my chassis onto his. 
and I gave him some money and traded him like my engine and transmission for some of it. And here I am still trying to get it sorted out. So this will be my first time drifting it and it's. Oh, okay. Do new you, state here tomorrow. Do you have a sedan or a coupe? I crashed a sedan, but now I have a coupe. Oh, okay. So, I do at least I'm coupes. a little bit cooler now. Yeah. Uh, the coupe is a little bit. I like the coupe. Maybe it's because I've had a sedan for six years and I just was like longingly looking at coupes. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe I, that's it. You know what? Uh, I, I've, they're having a coupe. I had an E46 before and it was mm-hmm. such a bitch to get in the back. Like with a full cage and everything, and then when I did uh, my sedan for my current vehicle, like having that back door open up to do whatever the hell you want to do is just—it's a—it's uh, so convenient. I, I really can't explain. Like I throw shit back there. Like when I go to the track, I'll throw like a few extra wheels in there or something, ice chest, anything. But it's just like more spacious. It is kind of nice. Like I think yeah. the E36s are basically the same size uh-huh. between a coupe and a sedan, which was good because it fit in the RV because there's like a finger width on each side of distance. Yeah, of it of its like length, you know, because there's like a bathroom back there. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, but when I went to go throw some wheels and tires in there, I think sedan, even though it had the cage, I could like wiggle them in there and it yeah. was way easier. And I can kind of get them into the coupe, but no, you're right. I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> this is more inconvenient." For sure, uh, yeah. I guess the the sedan's definitely more of a convenience. I'd say. Um, I think uh, Andy Haley. I think I don't know if he does now with his E forty six, but I know he did with his his E thirty. He was also in a a toy hauler as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. uh, at least uh, I don't know if that's recent. I know that it was a few years ago. I don't know if that's still the case now. Um, yeah, that's cool. I thought that was pretty neat. I was like, oh, it's uh, an actual bed, and you fit all your tools and your tires in it, so that works, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there was, there's honestly probably, like, better options uh, from what I have. If it just This is, like, I think the best thing for my situation, having the kids. Oh, for sure. And it's, like, our home, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. mostly, like, house that I can kind of shove a car into. You know what I mean? But yeah. there's like better toy haulers that are more, it leans more towards like a car trailer that you can sleep in. Yeah, they also have you like full blown race trailers kind of nice. with a quote unquote living quarters. Exactly. Type situation. Yeah. yeah, but those those are, Jesus. Yeah, they're nice. Well, you said you're from Georgia, so all the trailers are made there, and that's where you get like the good deals. Because I noticed that every time I'm looking, wherever I'm looking, they're like available in Georgia for nine. Yeah. For nine grand, but if you get it in California, it's twenty two. Yeah, there's a place in like South Georgia that is just you're right. Like you just do a Facebook marketplace search, uh-huh. they're all there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you drive past that place, it's close to the highway. Like, but if you're driving from like Atlanta down to Florida or whatever, mm-hmm. you'll see it. It's just like a sea of trailers. Yeah, I was even talking to, to my buddy about it, and he was like, "I called to get like a." He's like, "Just to get a quote on a custom trailer with a living quarter and a." Like a full blown setup, and it was like eighteen grand for something that was going to be like thirty six grand here. I don't know why it's like instantly double once it gets to California. It's kind of frustrating. That's actually. crazy. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. I'm like not worried, but I'm interested to see how it goes because we are we're going to be out in California for a while, a little bit later this year. Oh, okay. We, so uh, what like, events are you going to be at? Oh, uh, hang on. I will tell you. I have them on my phone. 
I cannot keep them straight. I'm trying to do like 50 days this year. And we have a list of basically, we do have a list of every event in the country, at least as of a month or so ago. Because that, uh, like that 50 States Adrift, you know what I'm talking about? That website? Yeah, I love that place. And at least the times that I looked at it, like he never updated it for 2022. So we did it. Oh, that was you that made up. that one? Yeah. Well, okay. my wife did it. I can't take the credit for it. My oh, wife that's did awesome. pretty much all of that. Yeah. She's now like a grassroots drifting guru. That's fucking and knows sweet. What is the all website of the called places. It's It's the same. It's uh, driftybynature.com. Oh, okay. And there's like a link on there and it just has all. I remember just seeing like a, a post about it recently. I think, was it Reese that made it? Uh, somebody who made the. I don't know. Oh. I just made it and threw it up in a few of the Facebook groups. So how did you end up finding it? I mean, how did you end up finding all the events? It was difficult. <laughs> so some of them, like you can, they put together a pretty good list, mm-hmm. uh, like Club Loose or something. You know what I mean, they're like pretty well put together. So you'll get all of their regions and they'll post them all. Uh, some of the smaller, like uh, I made the, or my wife again made the initial list and I posted it up and then I said, hey, anybody knows more, let me know. And then I started getting a bunch of people message me with like events I'd never heard of. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, and then they didn't have schedules. So then me and her just went through and just messaged all of them to see if they, excuse me, had any idea. And yeah, just put them all together. I'm sure there's more because you get a lot of like pop up events. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Or like back, back, like back down south, there's a mid pond in Alabama. Uh-huh. He just does whatever he feels like. Like he'll have some on a schedule and then he'll just, if he doesn't have anything booked that month or something or on a certain day, he'll just have a drift day. So I'm sure there's other tracks like that. You know what I mean? Uh, we kind of have something like that, like where we have uh, Antelope Valley, or Antelope Valley, uh, sorry, Apple Valley Speedway. Um, and then oftentimes what they'll do is they'll post whatever they're going to have at that event. So, and the cool thing about them is, you know, anybody can make a track day event there. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think like with the right uh, insurances and stuff. I've never actually tried to do it, so I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, they Uh, normally do. um, You can either like just pay them and you can cover their insurance or you can carry your own. But if you don't do it often, you might as well just pay them for the insurance. Also do like track days back in Atlanta. So we ran out like road Atlanta and stuff. But that's like grift stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. you guys aren't uh, allowed to have uh, drifting events at Road Atlanta, right? Or what was in, the... in theory, you can, but you have to have FD's approval because wow. they, like, they, like, own the keyhole. Oh, like, I they, didn't know that. They paid to have that paved, is my understanding. So if you ask Road Atlanta, Road Atlanta is basically like, we don't care, but you have to get Formula Drift's approval to basically use what is their pavement got it for that keyhole if you want to use the keyhole um but i don't really think it's that big of a deal oh to get the approval yeah as long as you're a group that is known to not be idiots i think they probably wouldn't care that much um but yeah yeah i got the schedule here so i'll be in california starting in september going to sonoma drift outlaw drift series where is that I'm looking, I'm looking. What's the date? It's practice. That's it. Stockton 9-9. That's the 18th, September 18th. Got it. 
So the 14th, I'm at Sonoma. The 18th, I'm at Stockton 9-9. The 24th, I'm at Adams. And then we go through Nevada, Utah, hitting up the Grand Canyon for the for the fun. New Mexico. And then, yeah, like do, doing some Lone Star stuff, some other like guys in Texas. And then I'm coming back to California just because that time of year, there's more drifting there than anywhere else. Just yeah. from like the open tracks and stuff. So then I got Drift, SF, Sonoma, and Adams again. This other one I'm looking at, which is what, in December. Like, next week, looks pretty legit. Wherever. Let's get thrashed. Let's get look. what? Let's get thrashed. Oh, that's what the event's called. I love uh, the name of drift events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yeah. The one I'm going to tomorrow is called Night Rage. Yeah. The only thing I'm trying to avoid, like, this, the heat, because my my low-power car is not heat friendly and it's a it's a car that does not have any aftermarket support for not only its engine but the chassis itself so if i break anything in the heat like i gotta wait days to get parts oh man and, I, and it's all stock and it's just getting hot yeah i'm gonna throw some thicker oil well it's not really getting hot temperature wise but then again i haven't driven it in the 105 degrees that it's gonna be this that week oh, sweet. so it's probably gonna get hot that's cool. That's cool. No, no. I was pretty confident in my old car. I've lost. I just <laughs> don't know this car that much anymore. Like it started to get a little warm. Like the like the like the engine started to get a little warm. Mm. And uh, I drove it. Was it Lock City Drift in Connecticut? Um, so I bought it from the guy a Friday, and then Saturday I took it to Lock City, just like how he had it. Which was fine to some old like suspension. I think he just had just E46 control arms and cut knuckles and stuff. And it was a good car. So anyway, I drove it there, but I did like a couple laps and it was starting to get a little warm. Mm-hmm. And I would have to turn the heat on. And mine like never, like the factory gauge at least, like never budged. Mm-hmm. But I had like all the, the AC was the lead. Like anything that didn't make it like go or stop was taken off. And this one was more of a street car. So I don't know if like, the AC stuff in front of the radiators, like limiting airflow, or maybe there's like a, I don't know. You don't realize how many little things you've done to a car over the years until you have to start over. Or yeah. maybe you do, like I didn't. <laughs> you know? No. But, uh, I, I've done some... Like, every time I go look at my car, I'm like, I don't like the way I do this, and I want to redo it. And then I start looking at other pieces of the car, and I'm like, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, and I'm like, now I want to pull the whole thing apart. And start all <laughs> over. But that's the worst fucking thing you can do, though. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, this car doesn't run now. <laughs> yeah, I try not to mess with a whole lot. But, I mean, this car has had a whole lot messed with. And now it's just wonky. Uh-huh. I'm trying to figure it out. Because, like, my wheels didn't fit on this car. So I had to, like, cut the fenders last night in, like, the maintenance area of a campground. <laughs> And start raining. Nice. You know, it's all part of the experience. But anyway, I did that. Now there's a weird sound. I'm like, well, it has been something I did. And I can't figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. But well. I don't know. I also just, like, put all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. All the suspension. Like, I broke a trailing arm because the trailing arm on that car was welded together. 
oh. poorly. And I was just like drifting. And those are cast, one. right? Is it <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> They're cast, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, okay. I yeah, do. it's yeah. I have no I mean, it's crazy to see a broken trailing arm. And I was I was just I didn't even hit anything. I was just driving along and I was like, Well this feels weird. Pulled in. Guy next to me was like, Oh man, something's up with your car. Jacked it up, just in half. <laughs> just broke it in half. Oh, but lovely. He, you could see where it was just like poorly welded together. And it broke right on it. But anyways, I had to do like a new trailing arm. That one's different than the other one for some reason. I think it has like a different like little pocket that goes up. Uh -huh. You can like adjust the toe. I think the guy that I bought that one off of had like one of the, the like the brackets. It just gives you more toe adjustment. Because I wanted to go in alignment. Because like, well, it's probably screwed up. Well, the stuff I was just messing with. And anyway, so one's like... Super adjustable, the other one's not. But it's just like a whole can of worms. <laughs> All the stuff's been touched. I can, like, figure things out, but I'm not a great mechanic. So it's like, I'll eventually figure it out, but it's going to take me a minute. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, for a lot of people, I know, like, a lot of people who, who like, don't, didn't necessarily work on cars when they started yeah. drifting, and, like, now they own a business working on cars or something. <laughs> like, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, you see that, I think, feel like, particularly in drifting. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so much work needed. You're just well, just so hard on the cars. Or they're building some, like, gnarly car. Yeah. That they're just going to have to build themselves because it would just cost a fortune to have a shop do it. Yeah, or also, yeah, they're also never going to get it done. And it just costs a small fortune for them to do it. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, man. It's an interesting uh, market, us drifters. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that, like, I even started like so. It's, I moved like drifting pro am as an. I made it. Ugh, I turned it into an LLC recently, mm -hmm. and then I got like my resale license and stuff. So I'm like trying to be like a distributor for parts as well of the, like, cool. the few parts I do make for my chassis, and then um, which is supposed to try to help me get some damn money in. But it's drifting is there's like no money in drifting. It seems it's uh it's really interesting. I had a buddy that I used to work at Porsche with. And uh -huh. he has a shop in Atlanta. He's a bright guy. He builds, like, diffs. Um, he built, like, my LSD. He used to build, like, Denofa's diffs uh, on his BMWs. And he just has, like, he's trying to get into, like, maintenance and stuff now. He's, just, he's a smart guy. And I was talking to him. He's like, Andy, what do you, do you think, like, a good, you think I could market to drifters? And I was like, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> Because I never, I did like track days and just like time attack and stuff like uh, NASA and everything for, for years before I got into drifting. And I never spent more money on motorsports until I got into drifting, particularly on tires. Yeah. I was like, man, I mean, they're going through it. But also, they're probably just going to do it themselves. Yep. Uh, no. So it seems like parts are the way to go for a drifting business. But I don't know. I don't really understand it, the whole market well enough to know that seems like parts not services because they need the parts but they're just gonna do it themselves yeah and then i think depending on like what chassis you're running if if there's like a chassis that they don't make parts for i think that could be a good way but not necessarily yeah um because i don't sell my parts to drifters i actually sell them to other people who own the chassis who are building like street cars that's, oh, that's who buys my parts yeah now i think i've sold two parts to drifters 
because only mm. like 10 of us have this car. So yeah. it doesn't really help when you're driving a CTS. <laughs> I'm sure that's kind of like a, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like a lot of people aren't going to buy a whatever chassis like a CTS mm-hmm. if there's not a lot of aftermarket for it. Correct. But then somebody has to make a lot of aftermarket for it. And then the cars have to be cheap enough, and then they'll just flock to it. Yeah, exactly. But for a while, you got to be the guy making the parts for the car nobody has. Yeah, yeah. And then and then not having a website, I think, kind of hurt me, and I barely put a website together. So let's see how it goes. It looks pretty good. I saw your website like a day or two ago. It looks pretty good. It it's uh it's it works it's got the, right now. No one's ordered shit yet, but it's only been it's up got to like the a stuff week. on there. Yeah, yeah. It was a week. You know, how many people, well, you said outside of drifting, that's probably a fair amount. Of yeah, and then like everything CTS else has been like, there. been like via word of mouth, and then like only on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. How does it work with like getting those parts made? Are you making that stuff? Or yeah, I make it like, them in my garage. Wow. Yeah. Do you get like stuff CNC'd and then you assemble it? Uh, Sorry, I find this interesting. Actually, it took a lot of research um, to to get at all the information and I didn't know shit about heim joints a year ago or two years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I know a whole lot now, but I know about the ones I got. Yeah. Uh, certainly more than me. Yeah. Uh, arguably maybe, uh, but it just kind of took, I, I kind of like took the parts I had and I are the parts that I was originally using and they just didn't really work with my setup. So I kind of figured out what was what, and then I found out where to order them. Uh, most of the stuff I get is actually already pre-made. And it's just from so many different companies that I kind of like mastered these parts together. I bet that is like a painstaking process. To find uh, those parts. It's got a system now because I have like accounts with everything. And I have like pre-carts on all of those accounts. So when I do order something, I, unfortunately, I still have to manually go in and like order everything every time I get an order. Um until I can, you know, get enough revenue to actually set it up to um, have parts on hand. So everything, yeah. as of right now, is built to order. Okay. but Well, that's cool, though, man. It works. And then I work on cars on the side. Hot rods. When I can. Yeah, that's probably, like, the good... That's the solid market, hot rods. For sure. Because people who are there. building those, they're willing to spend the money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I like my customer right now whose car I'm building. He has like two other cars he wants me to finish after I finish this one. He hasn't like argued about anything about like my labor, my prices, or anything. He's like, okay, just do it and cuts the check. Yeah, yeah, those are the good ones. Yes, they're not good customers. Like if you're good at what you do, the ones you want are just the ones you're like, you know what, this is the thing you want. Just let me do it, Mm -hmm. and it takes what it takes. You know, I'm not gonna. I'll be fair. (laughs) They trust you'll be fair. And you just do it. I know it's not necessarily the best business thing, but I always usually tell people when they're like, oh, can you give me a better deal? I always just say no. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, no, no you're not. Like, uh, I do not have no. a, I'm not a business of value. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I remember like, I can't remember, it was like a book I read or something like that a little while back. Talking about just sales, particularly like higher end sales. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you have started talking about price, you've screwed up. Like, if that's where it's come to, you know what I mean? You're yeah. talking about value. Value is just, are you getting, it doesn't matter what you're paying, but is what you're paying, you're getting that back. You know what I mean? You're getting that level of quality 
know, if you go to a super nice restaurant, it's like the best food you've ever had in your life, but it's also the most expensive meal. Well, you're going to be like, well, yeah, of course that was the best, the most expensive meal I've had because it was the best food I've ever had. Yeah, that's exactly. a good, it's still, that still makes it a good value. But if you go to like, I don't know, like a casino or something like that, super expensive, just like crappy food. Now you're mad about it. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you spent too. the money that's on true. it. You're like, why have I done this? And you got shit food for extra money. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. I have a mental block about hotel food. That's what I always think of. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be expensive good. and not good. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, it's going to be like mediocre fair. at best. Exactly. It's going to be mediocre and then expensive. Yeah. And it's probably not fair. I'm profiling hotels now based off of some experiences, but I can't help it. Um. The, you said that, that event you're going to this weekend, is that a one-day event, two-day event? Two days. It's Friday and Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do, you, do they do uh, night events back where you're from or anywhere that you've been like yeah. to avoid heat and stuff? Uh, I don't know if it's to avoid heat as much as it is just because it's cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, cool like it looks awesome. Not cool like it's not that hot. Uh, yeah, no, like back in... Georgia, so like the iTrack stuff, that was those were like kind of main guys uh, there in Georgia. They would have like a Friday night event several times a year. I don't remember exactly how much, and it would go a couple hours in the nighttime. Uh, where was it? OSW. I went down to OSW. Yeah, spring break. Uh, I'm gonna do their spring break bash. That went into the night. Everybody has their like their underglow and stuff and doing crazy things and putting it all like all in the cage of the car and everything. Yeah. Um, where else have I been the wind of the night club loose? I went to club loose and, um, at E town mm-hmm. that went into the night a little bit, but I think only the a group got to drive, which is their like top group. And they don't let you in that top group unless they like know you. Ah, or they've seen you there long, long enough to do well. Exactly. Yeah. So that, yeah, they were, yeah, they, they put you in like beginner, no matter what. Like you could be like, I've been drifting my whole life. What was this? Your videos again? and pictures. Uh, that's Club Loose. Okay. That's right. That Reese runs that. Oh, okay. I don't know him. Uh, I don't know if he runs it. I know he does something with it. I actually had him on the podcast before. That's actually a really good. Oh, episode. that's cool. Yeah. He, exp- I remember him saying that, that they only do, like everybody who comes in, you have to start from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the thing they do, which is, I get it. As a passer through, not a fan. But, you know, it is what it is. And then, but they went into the nighttime. Who else went into the night? I think that's it so far. And then tomorrow they're going into the night. It's called Night Rage. Mm-hmm. So I assume it goes into the night. Um, but yeah, no, I like nighttime events. I think it's cool can't see that much especially if you're like in a trail of smoke but it makes it more fun That's... and all the cars look crazy yeah I, you know i'm not one of those underglow fans so. you know i i hated underglow and then and then i and then i got it i don't have it on this car but i got some underglow and i'll own it i hate it underglow i feel like it went through that transition at least to me, where it was like cool in like 2001. Yeah. And then it was super lame. And then it got into like ironic cool. 
where you're like, ha ha, look, I have underglow, but I'm being funny. And, and then and, now it's and now everybody's doing it. The again. tits, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it went through that and went through those stages. Eventually, it took twenty years. It's like saying <laughs> it's like when you were saying it's lit just to be ironic and funny, and now you, it's just part of your everyday vocabulary. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or like, yeah, cars do the same thing. You know, what is uh, yeah. So cars will be like, oh, it's brand new. This is awesome. Now it's old and used. Ha! Look at me. I'm driving this funny old car. Yeah, this old car's worth a hundred grand. Yeah, that's fair. Everybody wants it. Yeah. Like super rare cars that didn't necessarily do well because nobody wanted them when they came out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then now they're super rare. Exactly. Yeah, because nobody wanted them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the old, uh, like a lot of the old. Um, depending on the car, I think, I think like the early Chargers were one of them. And now that car is super fucking rare and super fucking expensive. Oh, yeah. Supras were the same way. I used to um do, like, auto shows for Toyota. Uh-huh. Where I just, like, travel. My wife did it, too. We would, like, travel all the um all the, all the auto shows. No, all the, we would do a bunch of auto shows for Toyota and just be, like, uh you know, just, like, whatever, spokesperson or something like that. And we had, like, these iPads that just had, like, all of the information of every Toyota vehicle ever mm-hmm. on it in case you didn't remember something. And that is, like, what we did. And what Toyota told us to do, because you get this question like 10 times a day before the new Supra came out, 10 times a day, somebody come up and be like, hey, where's the Supra? Why don't you make it anymore? And then you pull up a sales chart <laughs> of the Supra like, oh. and you show the Mark IV Supra sold terribly. Like nobody bought that car. <laughs> nobody cared. You know what? Even when it this was out, and they were much. like, "Look at this massive downturn of a Supra," and I was like, "Nobody bought it, so they stopped making it. It was expensive to make." Yeah. You're like, "Oh, okay." But now look at them. Same thing. Nobody cared when it was new. I wonder. I wonder if um if they're having sales struggles now with that thing. No, because it's not necessarily expensive. I think. I think in 2022, I, I don't see sixty grand as necessarily super expensive unfortunately not no you're right um but not everyone can afford it true but it's in that like attainable yeah agreed that's what i meant that's what i'm trying to say like it is attainable if you got you know something decent going for yourself but yeah i feel like i I see a fair amount of them but that is not a scientific measurement at all oh no that would be interesting it's kind of like yeah, because I see them here and there, but not that often. Yeah, I, I remember like the so when the FRS came out, that actually did quite well. You didn't see that many of them, but if you were comparing it to like other sports cars, like rear-wheel drive sports cars, like besides a Miata, and it was like pretty close to a Miata in sales, it did fairly well. So the Supra might be the same, although I feel like the Supra gets kind of like tainted by the BMW thing. Which the FRS was on the Subaru thing, too. It's like, I've never driven the new Subaru, but I've sat in it. And it's mm-hmm. just, like, they didn't even, like, try to hide the BMW. You know what I mean? Like, if you sat in a new 3 Series and then you went and sat in that, like, the shifter was exactly the same. The display looks the same. Like, it just feels like a BMW. So, I don't know. I feel like that might, maybe that's tainting it a bit, but it's hard to tell between what the internet says and what people are actually like saying with what they're buying. Yeah. 
Well, uh, the Toyota Supercell, because I had to look it up. Oh, wow, yeah. Wow, you weren't kidding. Those cells were fucking horrible. I know, right? Dude. It's just like, it's just like. <laughs> just in case anybody's wondering, in 1999, the Super sold 24 models in the U.S. Uh, in 98, it was 1232, and 97, it was 1379. Wow. 95 was yeah, their dude, best nobody year. Nobody wanted that car. <laughs> no. It was expensive, and it was heavy. What year was the <laughs> first MK4? Uh, I don't know. 94, I want to say, but I'm not sure. Uh, okay. So, 93, whatever that came out, was, uh, that was their best seller year in the 90s, which is 2901. And then, I guess the... The 82 at 34,048 um, was yeah, the right, best ever. Yeah. But 2021 was only 6,800. And 2020 was only 5,800. So. You said tw- uh, how much was it? Uh, 5,887 for 2020. And then uh, 6,830 for 2021. And then obviously okay. 2019 is only 2,884. But that makes sense because that was only, what was it available for like? Two months before, yeah, twenty twenty even started. So, what year was the highest number? Uh, for the new sales for the new super sales. Eighty two. No, for the new one. Oh, uh, last year, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So, what what's a comparable car? Now I'm curious. What's uh-huh. a comparable? What is something that you were if you were cross shopping a super? What would you cross shop it with? What's fifty grand? Rear wheel drive, say like a Camaro. Camaro. Yeah, yeah, probably a Camaro, Camaro SS. The Camaro SS. Let's yeah. let's look at Camaro SS sales. I bet it's gonna just blow it absolutely out of the water. Sales twenty twenty one. No, this is turning into a car sales nerdery. I know it's just mostly out of curiosity. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I want to know. No, it's not one to tell me. I mean, for something that's comparable, I don't see why not. I mean, damn, they are getting fucking affordable, though. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool car for... That's a fast car for the price of Camaro. For sure. I mean, well, fast is subjective, but I think it's enough to get you in trouble. Oh, yeah. And enough to kill you and get yourself hurt, so... That's fair. Oh, here we go. I don't see anything for sales numbers. Looks like 2021. Uh, it's not SS though, but Camaro was 15,084. Is that the US? And I wonder, what, yeah, I wonder how US. many of those were. Uh... Wait, wait, what did you say the number one? 15,084. In 2021. Huh. It says during the complete 21. Well, the, the what I'm looking up. It says that the Camaro series decreased about 26% to 21,893. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, maybe, is that the SS? That's what I'm looking up right now. Model Camaro. It doesn't even specify, which is kind of weird. Um, that's Canada. Yeah, it does not say. It doesn't specify. I mean, I get it. It's just like, 
Yeah, that's funny. Although on the GM Authority website, it does also list Dodge Challenger. Really? 16,000? More Challengers were sold than Mustangs? I find that hard to believe. Same here. Although maybe. Yeah, like those things are... I don't... They're everywhere in Atlanta. I don't know about out there. They are. They are everywhere here. I actually... Can think of, I see more Chargers and Challengers here than I see Mustangs now. And it used to be the other way around for a long time. And it's not even like the old Chargers I see. Because they normally don't run that long. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah, not even trying to be funny. Because like, they were to make it there, yeah. Yeah, like I remember when the 300 Cs came out, there was a bunch of them. Now they're rare. That's like seeing a super. I see Supras more than I see like a 300 C now. Uh. Yeah, you're right. You don't really see those much at all. Uh-uh. That's... I always thought those were kind of cool. Uh, have you ever been in one? I've sat in one. Uh, my old roommate had one. It was like the base model with the V8, though. Uh-huh. And I was like, this thing's fucking nice inside. Yeah. And it was com- It was comparable comparable to like uh, the CTS-V, I'd say. Oh, really? Yeah, as far as like the luxury goes, because... Uh, Cadillac's interior kind of sucks. Like, there's nothing great about it. Yeah. It feels yeah, like I'm in a Silverado with leather. Yeah, Silverado with leather. Yeah, you get Silverado with leather. Yeah, it's all like... I've never got, like, why there's GMC. Neither have I. That's always... I've always been curious. You know, as well. we would do... But we used my, to do, like, work for GM, too. We would do, like, Chevy and GMC. We would do them side by side. And there's, like, a very slight price difference that was never really explained. And they would just add like maybe some little feature or something to it. And it's like, I don't know. Steering I just, wheel fucking I volume control. Or something. Yeah, it was dumb yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't understand why, like, why does that justify a, like a completely different brand? Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Oh, uh, no. It's weird. Just, uh... I wonder how close the, um... Like the Supra and that BMW are. With the Z4? Yeah. Like as far uh, as like interior goes, obviously exterior is completely different. They both they look nothing the alike. Pretty pretty freaking similar. Is it? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been in it, but it's like real BMW. Oh, is it okay? And, uh, I know the, the shifter is. Uh, I've seen the shifter. That looks very BMW. <laughs> oh yeah, it is like a BMW shifter, but I don't know. I feel like you can, I mean, you can probably make the BMW nicer. I'm sure there's different, like, leather color options. Like, not different, but, like, more leather color options and maybe, like, trim options and stuff. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's all kind of... I've lost, like, all brand loyalty. (laughs) (laughs) You know? See, I am a GM guy. I'll, I'll say that. It's, yeah. I'm a Chevy truck guy, and I do like the Cadillac cars. Um, I really do like the newer Camaro. But that's I think they're not cool. in my budget. I like those things. I like those things. But I appreciate them for what they are. You know what I mean? I, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is I don't like any particular brand because it's that brand. Oh, that's You know fair. what I mean? Like, I think the new Camaro is awesome, but because it's like is crazy like the one le or whatever is just crazy fast around the track for yeah. 
for, for forty five grand or ever however much it is. And a yeah, bo- and a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was like, I don't know, but you know, I wouldn't like say. I'm sure they could also make a really crappy car. Yeah. So do you ever <laughs> yeah. think about like what car would you buy if you weren't drifting? Because I, because I'm, I imagine if you're doing fifty days a year and yeah. you're spending money on travel and tires and all these events, I'd imagine you'd probably be driving something a lot nice like fucking maybe even a lambo if you weren't you're you know road. what let's not say that out loud <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah you ever think about it like that i have yeah what actually hit me was um i got is the truck so i'm i'm like towing it it's about it's about a twenty thousand pound trailer mm-hmm. it's 45 feet long and i got a dually to tow it okay so now, you're comfortable uh yeah i'm comfortable yeah don't worry about like it getting unsettled by wind or whatever. Um, but I got like a fairly nice truck. And I was just like, I got this thing and I'm driving it home. And, uh, my, like I get my wife's riding in it. And I've, I've always been like a huge Porsche. Yeah. You know, I, what I worked there at their like experience center in Atlanta for a while, just like as a, like a coach. Mm-hmm. And, like was fortunate enough to get a good bit of seat time driving those things like a bunch of different models and stuff and i liked them before that but they were just they're just great i mean they're just so well put together they're freaking durable they're just good cars so i've always wanted a 911 ever since i was a kid i'm driving this truck home i'm like babe she's like yeah do you like your new truck i was like i do like my new truck however when i think about i could have bought my 911 instead of this truck like a couple year old used 911, kind of hurts a little. I'm like, oh man, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, for real. But it is what it is, you know. I can't lie. It's a give know, and take. I need man. A, yeah, I need a truck for work too. You know, I need a dually, but I need a truck for work. So, either way, I had to have a truck. So I, don't know, I guess my might as well be one that you enjoy. But yeah, no, nah, dude, you're right. Honestly, I've always thought about cars. I would like to have a cool car, like you're talking about, instead of spending like the money on the trip and the like driving so much and everything. But I think a long time ago, I just kind of decided that I enjoyed the driving as a sport more than I did the car itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I couldn't afford to have, even just doing like, like grip stuff before the drifting, I couldn't afford to have a car that was like really awesome and looked good and go beat on it and not be super stressed about what happens if it breaks, what happens if I crash it. I'm going to have these payments on this lump of metal in my yard or something, you know what I mean? So I would rather have something that I can just enjoy driving and if it gets beat up or like like i crashed my other car that sucks like that was not a good thing but it's not it was at the end of the day it was just an old bmw that i paid twenty eight hundred dollars for six years ago i put a lot more of that into it but i got some of the parts off and it's just like like my family's still gonna eat (laughs) you know what i mean like we're all right yeah it is you know but if i had like crashed a lambo (laughs) that would have been a different story like we're eating ramen the rest of the month, guys. Yeah, we have more. We better get creative for a with few it. months. Yeah, yeah. 
Read and rom until college, kids. Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So having the cool car would be cool, but I feel like I'm not. I'm okay with this because I would rather have the experience and then just try to like make myself as good of a driver as I can make myself over having just like a Lambo or something. Do you ever? Do you have any intentions to do like competitions or anything like that? Or are you just gonna stay grassroots? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to do competitions. I've done like a. I've done like a handful of grassroots uh-huh. competitions. I did one at like Summit Point this year, and then there's like a series back home uh, that iTrack does. So any like grassroots competition, throw me in there. I'm going to that uh, that Riverside Drift one <laughs> in a couple weeks. Okay, I've heard of that one. With my like stock motor BMW, there's like a like a, a bunch of Pro One guys going out there with their cars. What is that? An M52? Uh, it's an S52. Okay. I thought you had. Yeah. Wait, I thought you. Uh, did you swap your motor into that, or this was a no? M3 it already swap? had an S. Got it was already okay. had the M three swap. Yeah. Okay. That's. And then he took my it. motor and put it in his car because ah. he had a turbo M fifty two that kept blowing up. Oh. So he was like, "I'm just going to put something that works in it that makes less power." That's fair. Um. So yeah, but anyway, you know, it's like I'll go out there, maybe I'll learn something. I'm going to like definitely in over my head, but any uh. Any competitions I love doing. So if I see like a grassroots comp, I'm going to sign up for it. I did pretty well at the seven point one. I got second at the seven point one. Nice. That was fun. Yeah, with like way less power, so that was good. But uh, but yeah, I do want to do more competition. As far as like, I don't know, like FD would be dope, but it's just so much money. And I think my plan for next year is I want to get a bunch of driving in this year get super comfortable and I feel like if I can be a competitive relatively competitive driver in a very modest car if I like do just turbo it or something and get to like 400 wheel or 450 up from my like probably 2 215 then I could probably roll up to some some of the grassroots stuff and there's so many payout series starting now you know like the uh, Summit Point was Drift Nirvana. I think that was like, I did one of their first ones, if not, maybe they did one last year. Um, but that was a decent payout uh-huh. thing. I think first was like three grand, second was two grand, third was one grand. And it wasn't a ton of cars. Uh, we got this Riverside one that's like a $50,000 like total one, which is crazy. Sick. Obviously clutch kickers. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of like little ones popping up. So I feel like if you just got a pretty good grassroots car and the tracks aren't super big and super fast, I feel like you could do pretty good. Are you noticing a significant difference in the cost of entry fee for um, for a big payout event? Yes. So let me think. So the Drift Nirvana one, for example, that was that wasn't a huge payout, but it was basically it was a two was it two or three days. I think it was a two-day event. It was a Saturday-Sunday event. And you could show up and just drive if you Uh wanted. And Summit Point, which is incredible, by the way, is four different tracks. And it's up in the mountains, tons of elevation changes. And then some of the tracks, they can split into, like, multiple layouts. So you can go up there and you can just drive, like, two or three tracks or two or three layouts that are pretty big. So it's a good time to just go out there and drive it. So I think just to do that was $180, maybe $200. 
to do it. And if you wanted to do the competition, it was another, I think it was like 200 bucks to buy into the competition. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. But then they basically just took all that money and put it into the pot. So however many people signed up, it's whatever, two, 300 bucks. Here you go. It all goes into a pot. We're going to buy it up again amongst first, second, and third. Nice. And that's it. So, I don't know. I, I feel like that's probably what I might want to do next year is we'll probably still be in the RV. Mm-hmm. And maybe less like full-on cross-country like loop stuff because we're not really anywhere for more than two weeks at a time. Usually a couple days at a time. Okay. So, we'll probably try and spend a little bit long in a few places and then just hit up grassroots competitions. Yeah. And then I'll try and when I get back home, I can sucker my buddies into letting me use their garage or something like that to work on the car and make it faster. Gotcha. Did you sell your house for this? Yeah. Oh, I didn't sell my house for this, but I did sell my house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a good time to sell. It was definitely a seller's market. It is a good time. Yeah. hundred well, percent. Yeah. It's a good... I, I heard it's starting to turn around, so keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. We'll see. I hope so. Now I'm like, <laughs> come on back down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we would like to like just buy some land back north of Atlanta. Give them to get back there and put a little house on there with a shop and stuff. Nice. When we get back. But uh, so anyway, that's like kind of long term plan. But I mean, we're going to be in this thing for. I mean, heck, we're this is an eight month journey we're on. Mm-hmm. So, including the time we've been gone, we'll probably be back back home ish. What January? Okay, January, February. So even if we were like, cool, we're home, bought land right now. We probably wouldn't be in a house for a year if it's being built. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're, this is going to be at least a two-year thing. Oh, okay. Well, at least you have that mindset already. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's been my wife and I have been talking about it. We wish we had done this years ago, like before the kids and everything. Just lived, just lived in an RV, like not even the drift car. Just lived in an RV because it's Affordable. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's Definitely like affordable. it's affordable. It's not as affordable as you might think. Uh-huh. It'll well it all depends. You know what I mean? If you have like a big payment or something like that on an RV and you got a big payment on a truck and you're paying to like camp in places and stuff like that, then you're probably like getting pretty close to rent. Yeah. But yeah, so if, I mean if you're in a position where you might not have a big payment on one of those things, it might help. Yeah. Or you just want to move around. You know what I mean? If you want to like pay the same as rent, you just want to like go where you want to go. If you have a job that allows you to do it, then it's kind of cool. Like, we're just following weather at this point. Oh, that's, yeah. that makes the most sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're in Florida, like, then we went up to Georgia. We were in Florida in the winter, then went up to Georgia. It started we in a still a warm climate, and then it started to head north. By the time we got to, like, New Hampshire, it was still, like, kind of, to me, it was chilly, but it was, like, you know, 60 degrees or something. And, uh, yeah, it's like there's spring, and then we're just kind of like following the good weather where it goes, <laughs> drifting. Yeah, it's usually like that year round here. So we had we kind of have I think we have like a month or two off, but other than that, like it's pretty much there's an event almost every week throughout the year. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing back. Um, With the exception of like December, Georgia, and January. Yeah, yeah. There's even like some stuff in December. It's really just January that's off back there. Because yeah. it's like it'll get cold, but it's probably not going to snow or anything. It usually it typically slows down for the holiday, 
Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is normal. Everything kind of slows down here when it gets around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, there's still an event like every week, you know. Yeah, that's pretty great. So, yeah, I mean, that's why we're going to California and then going back. Oh, twice. After yeah. a while. Have you guys yeah, ever been here before? Twice. Uh, yeah, I've been there a good many times just oh, okay. for work in the past. Mostly just like L.A. and San Francisco. Never like much in the middle. So I'm glad to see that. And Temecula. I had we, a buddy who got we married We don't even go to the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to people, the middle. People from like the Bay Area and L.A. don't go to the middle if they don't have to. Uh, oh man, what are gas good. prices looking like out there? What's what's diesel going to cost me right now? I think it's like six or seven bucks almost. Oh, well, that's about what it is here. Yeah, it's miserable. Yeah, it's like six to six fifty everywhere I'm going so far. Yeah, so that's been unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate for everybody right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not fun. Um, yeah, no. I mean, we're getting by with it, but luckily I don't pay for gas that much because I have like a company vehicle I run around in and they don't, like I'm allowed to use the vehicle whenever I want. They don't really have anything like set in stone. Uh, It's kind of like a, uh, you can just don't do anything stupid. Okay. Yeah. No, no limits. Just don't push them. Yeah, exactly. Don't make me bring you, don't make me bring you to the office and ask you why. Driving my vehicle at midnight on from a bar <laughs> on a Saturday. Like, yeah, that's pretty much the limit. Just a thousand miles in a week. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I do. Uh, I work in fire life safety, so I go. I, sometimes I have to like run around and do service calls. I don't really work in the field no much that much anymore. But even for job walks, like I'll still have to drive like three to four hundred miles a week. Whoa, that's pretty good. Yeah, three to four hundred miles. I mean, that's and then like my tech, driving. my technician, he drives like probably an average of like five thousand miles a month. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's pretty. So that's a pretty big area then. Yeah. Well, because of the way California works, um, at least in this business, it's always it's always you go wherever the work is. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something where we can just kind of like stay in one tight area, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, if we want to like grow the business, we got to we got to move. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. What's like is that in the same general kind of area or are you driving like a couple hours to get somewhere each way? Uh, it can be. Are you guys going that far? Yeah, no, we do sometimes, but that's if like depends the, on the job. Yeah, if they're willing to pay for it cuz yeah. I'm not going to go somewhere for like of my regular rate, like if it's out of my area within an hour, like if I can get somewhere within an hour, I'm okay with it. But anything outside of an hour, I charge like an additional out of service area or out of service fee, out of area fee rather. Um, yeah. So that's how that kind of works. And then, you know, uh, the good thing about here is like people are willing to pay for good service mm-hmm. and or competent service rather. Uh <laughs> Which is really helpful because there's been like a lot of people who have like applied for a job and, you know, they tell me they know how to do certain things, but then like they're calling me, asking me how to do it. Yeah. So it just, I can get, oh, I get that. I understand why people uh, are a little, they're willing to spend the money or some, some are, are willing to spend the money for good work or for, yeah. you know, competence rather. 
yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, just us hiring people for the like the pool thing. Mm-hmm. It's just I have like three guys that are great. They're solid. They're always there. At five now, it's the other it's the other like positions that are hard. You just go through so many people, and it seems good, and they just like do dumb stuff, or like you said, like think you know how to do something, or and they don't. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I've always been like, it's okay to not know. Just say you don't know. You know what I mean? Like. So like, yeah, there's probably such a thing as stupid questions. Yeah, but you tell better, me you know how to do it. I'm going to send you to go do the, it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's better to be the guy who, the dummy who asked the dumb question than it is the guy who, like, screwed something important up because he was afraid to ask the question. Yeah, and this goes for... You know what I mean? <laughs> this goes for cars, too. If you don't know how to do it, can you figure it out? Yes or no? Because that's, that's how, that, at the end of the day, I don't care if you know how to do it. Can you figure out and make sure it's working when you're done? Like, that... They go hand in hand, so I think that's kind of the biggest issue is when someone tells you they know how to do something and then like they don't, and not yeah. only do they not know how to do it, they can't even figure it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it's just like, and then don't want to ask. Yeah, it's, like, it's all right. Or or use their fucking phone and Google it. Yeah, or just Google it's, it, which yeah. is the worst part because everything's on Google. It is. Yeah, I learned how to weld because of fucking Google. So it's. <laughs> It's it's pretty sad if you guys if somebody's like not willing to like pick their phone up that they're on you know TikTok all day on or something just oh, to yeah. figure out how to do something they just say I don't know like I do get that a lot too and then you get that yeah. a lot too with like a lot of these a lot of drivers who are like oh I just don't know how to do it. I'm like well you should try because you could be driving right now what like what do you mean. Uh, just people who like, oh, I don't, you know, I have to pay this person to do this because I don't know how to do it. And be like, you should oh, just you Google that. Going, yeah. yeah, you should just Google that. You could probably handle yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, just look it up. Figure it out. Be all right. You know, it's <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a great mechanic, but I feel like as long as you can kind of see and you have a, a decent understanding of how things work. Yeah. You can figure it out. Because exactly. you just follow it. You know what I mean? You're just like, okay, well, whatever. Like, electrical problem. Yeah, the All biggest right. thing well, is Well, the like, power comes from here, and I have a voltmeter, so I'm going to follow it until it doesn't have power anymore. Exactly. And then that's the thing. Actually, wi- <laughs> I, wiring is probably, like, everyone's, like, kryptonite, I've noticed. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, I haven't messed with much on a car. Uh-huh. I've done a good bit on like automation systems and stuff. Oh yeah, so same th- same thing. You yeah, know, you know, but you, it's like you, you the car. Under- I can see there's just so many wires. Yeah, but there's like a basic understanding of circuitry, and it's yeah, like exactly. either you can overthink it or you can, you know, kind of get it. But uh, yeah, I get that too. Yeah, uh, if I could see everything on the car, you know, what I mean, if I could like more easily trace it and see, like I said, follow it. Like where the power is coming from and then where it's going. Yeah, but if and then you know what it needs to do. Then yeah, no biggie. Yeah, but on the back of the BMW, it's got like two wiring harness that go to the back, and like they each have like twenty five wires each. So I get oh yeah, <laughs> I get the uh, yeah it, it's the frustration like and like strands uh, of like sh- ship rope, and then they change colors in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they change colors like halfway. Yeah, that's the best part. Which is the worst? Why does it do that? 
don't know. I've done like automation systems that other people have done that change colors, but that's because they were an idiot. <laughs> just like ran out of a color wire and just yeah. switched somewhere. I've done that too. Why did BMW do that though? Yeah, they should I'm, have enough colored wire. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's a method to their madness. Yeah. They just don't want to tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, but like the thing is, it's like you get a lot of the drivers who are like, I've seen people like pack it up for the day because they're like, oh, I don't, I don't work on cars. Like, I don't know anything about it. And then it's something like stupid, sim- stupid, really simple that they probably could have fixed at the track. And they're just packing it up and going home for the day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the that's the drive that gets yeah. you working or gets a lot of people working on cars. Yeah, they're like, I brought a fucking star wrench and a jack. <laughs> star and, wrench. Yeah, I know no one brings a star <laughs> wrench. But that'd be funny if somebody did. I actually haven't seen that and I've been to a few events. I'm surprised. Oh man. Everyone seems has the Go right ahead. tools. What was yeah. that? What were you saying? I was just gonna ask how many uh how many have you been doing a lot of events with your uh with your more stockish car? No, I've done two. Actually I just I'm literally I was messaging some guy right now that I'm signing up for one on Saturday. Not this sat not this coming Saturday, the following. Uh I'm just gonna change my oil and let her rip. I just finally got some tires mounted that I've had laying around. Um that was the goal with this car, but I'm in the midst of like I just kind of spent some money doing the LLC thing for uh, Drifting Pro-Am, um, mm-hmm. getting all the proper license, like the resale license and shit like that. Yeah. Trying to that a go. And then I have a, my son and I have a trip coming up to New York in August. Oh, that's uh, cool. We'll be out there for like a week and take him to go see like Washington, D.C. and shit like that. Oh, that's cool. Spend, just like a fun kind of tour. Yeah, just like a little father-son trip because I told him. Him and my girlfriend that I'm not doing shit next year with them. Um, <laughs> next year would be the focus on driving for, like, to really buckle down. Um, so I'm doing that, and then I have a Hawaii trip in October with my girlfriend and a couple of friends. Um, so they each get their own trip, and then um, after that i need to start setting up my other business because i'm starting my own fire alarm company finally oh that's cool um i finally got things situated so that's probably going to run me like roughly like 4500 bucks all in to get all the proper licenses and stuff like that and insurances so i can start like bidding on jobs and that's where like the real set up like that yeah and that's like where the real money is and i have Mm -hmm. no intention of uh quitting my job either at least not until next year the end of next year. Yeah. I want to be able to quit my job, uh, work on cars from home, if that's still going well. And then the only thing I was going to do with the fire alarm company was I was actually going to sub all of the workout that I, uh, for any of like the bids I win. Unless it's like something small I can do real quick. Yeah. So that's the plan, but things don't always necessarily go according to plan. And then I, d- I really wanted to drive next year. Um, and that's the the biggest goal because I actually have my competition car apart right now too because I'm putting a turbo and doing a oh dang a Ford eight point eight grand in it oh dang so we'll that's see pretty how cool it goes that's awesome yeah that's why you're talking about like 
plans don't always go according to plan. That's one of my favorite quotes I've heard. I think it was Mike Tyson. There was everybody has a plan until you, until you get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. That's that guy's cool, though. so fucking smart. It's weird. You know, it's he's he. You believe he's smart if you only read the things he says. Even if you hear him talk. And if you, you hear, hear him talk, talk, he's like, you're like, how the fuck did you know that? He's like, I'm not yeah, a fucking like, idiot. I'm like, oh, sorry for thinking you were. You don't sound Because you just see smart. a boxer, you're like, this guy's probably like half dumb because he's been yeah. hit in the head so many times. But <laughs> nope, not him. gets hit in the head for a living. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, dude, that's a, that's a good, that's cool. That's a big step, especially with the fire alarm. Yeah, I have to because trying to think. trying to get shit situated for life, and then that's what I was gonna ask you too. Like, did you have to stop racing or do? Because I know you said you were doing other forms of motorsports before. Mm-hmm. Did you have to stop racing when you started your business, like completely, or were you still managing to do it? Um, that's a good question. I I still managed to do some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started the business, yeah, no, I was still doing it. I was just doing like track days and stuff. Uh but yeah, I was able to do I wasn't doing a whole lot of it. And if you do like five or six track days or even ten track days in a year, compared to that many drift events, it's really not that bad. The entry fees are higher, but a good set of tires will last you most of the season. Okay. You know, and a good set of tires um, is what, like twelve hundred bucks ballpark. Yeah, yeah, like twelve hundred bucks, something like that. Okay, uh, where you go through twelve hundred dollars in tires in one event, in drifting. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's understandable. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not that bad. Um, but the biggest issue is always just time. You know, it's still time. I just have so many things that I want to do and I try to do. So I just have like my focus is split up into I have to keep managing the pool business yeah, because that's what allows me to keep doing these things obviously um, I have um, the track day business back in Atlanta but I have a partner on that so he does a lot on that but mm-hmm. I still have to be involved in it um, time with the family and then drifting stuff yeah so, and I'm trying to like lean in on the drifting because I'm doing this, you know what I mean? So I don't want to like half do it. So I want to make sure that I am like on top of all these events, which is quite difficult because everybody has different methods for sign up. And some people are like, oh, I'll post it when I feel like it four mm-hmm. days before the event. And then some people are like, oh no, it sells out in 12 minutes, three months prior. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I haven't been there. I don't know which ones are which. So I have to like try to message them and try to get an idea of it and then hope that, or at least if they know I'm planning on coming and just hope that if it gets sold out, they'll take like some pity on me <laughs> for coming out there. You know what I mean? And maybe they'll just let me come out. But keeping all that stuff straight, um, I've been trying to do like videos. But like I said, like I started from like absolutely no base knowledge on that. And I still have like a lot to figure out and I probably film way too much. But anyway, so and I try to do that kind of stuff. So it's like all of my time is taken. Like I don't watch Netflix or do anything outside of those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a busy man. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like. 
the time that a lot of people get where you're just like, oh man, I'm just going to chill and like veg out for a minute. Like you don't really get that, but I'm okay with that because those are all the things, those are the things I've chosen to like kind of focus, I guess, my life on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying to be there for the kids and actually experience time with them and not be distracted with work stuff on my phone, yeah. which is hard because it never ends. Phone probably rings 50 times a day. Yes. Plus texts, plus emails, you know. Um, so anyway, so just kind of shutting that off and then focusing on the other things like the drifting. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, it's hard. And I have like ADHD. So all these things. Are, I just got diagnosed with that too. This, really? Like two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Actually got to go pick up my meds tomorrow. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm like going back and forth on the med thing. I don't know. I probably should. But it's like, I have a real hard time. I can like get into the hyper focus mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. On some, I can actually get into on the video thing. Cause I do, I do think it's interesting. Uh-huh. Like once I started to get figured out, I do kind of enjoy doing it. Like just putting stuff together. Um, and then like anything like car related. So the drifting stuff, I can just like hyper focus on where am I? Yeah. I'm in it. You know what I mean? But it's the rest of the work, like the pool stuff. I'm much better like hands on talking to people, interacting with customers and like fixing things mm-hmm. than I am having to sit in front of a computer all day answering emails and like keeping track of stuff. Yeah, because keeping I mean? your hands like, busy type situation. Yeah, like, like it's like, and now I know that's just not how my brain works. You know what I mean? Because I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Like the so I'm sitting there replying to people for emails and I just like get easily distracted, not even doing anything. So anyway, you know how it is. Yeah, so I it's like, uh, it's get it. like it probably takes me longer than it should. It is so frustrating. It's yeah, and then like right now I I built up to like 79 emails I haven't even looked at. Oh so geez. I'll I'll get down to the nitty gritty and then answer all of them within like two hours. Exactly. That's yeah. how it works. It's yeah. Just put it off and then it's like, but you get it done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Eventually. Right. But yeah, I don't know. So it's a tough thing. I tried the whole like, I can get like pretty well balanced out, like focusing on stuff. If I have like a very specific routine, but it's really hard for me to maintain that routine because I have to get up at like 5 a.m. every day, go for a run. And I'll like time everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So you have like a checklist. Yeah, that's like, that's what I found has helped me the most. Yeah, like tiny list. checklist. Like get out of bed. Turn the coffee maker on. You know what I mean? It just keeps you from not, or at least it keeps me from not, from the time that I've like walked out of the bedroom to start the coffee to get like distracted on Instagram or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, start the coffee. All right. I'm going to coffee. I'm going to eat a muffin. I'm going to go for a little run. And now I'm going to come back. I'm going to do emails. And then I have to like maintain that schedule of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and working. And then by the time the kids are up at like eight or nine, then I have a good bit of like the work I need to get done out of the way. But maybe I just suck, but I have a really hard time maintaining that schedule because then always other stuff comes up. So I'm either like, doing something else that I have to do and then I'm up until 2 o'clock in the morning 
and I can't like maintain 2 a.m. up at 5 a.m. for, you know, I mean, months. No, I hear you. And I have the same issue, but it, it happens with the cars too. There's, there'll be times where I won't touch a car for weeks on end. And then I'll go in there for a weekend and, you know, finish like the whole underside of a car or something, whatever, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I'm able, I can hyper focus and get things done. And the same thing goes with like building a drift car. There's times where I'll be like, I'm tired of working on this thing. So I'm going to watch. You know, two seasons of fucking Star Trek, and it's, you know how long those seasons are. <laughs> yeah, they're not Wait, short. Star Trek, though. Uh, I've so far I've watched uh, Voyager and Discovery, and I'm all caught up on both. I've tried to get into a oh, couple man. of the other ones, but I've been kind of couldn't really get into Enterprise. Uh, Voyager was the longest one. I never, yeah, Voyagers. Like I think that ran forever. It, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I like Next Generation. Watched a lot of Next Generation back in the day. And it's a Voyager. I'm with you. Never got into Enterprise. But yeah, I got you. You watch both seasons. That's not it's not a small time commitment. No, it's not. If you're watching two <laughs> seasons, it's not. It's Especially for Voyager, because I think it was like 19 fucking episodes a season. <laughs> what? Of an, of an hour-long show. That's funny. I've never watched all the seasons. I just watch it, you know, like when it came on TV normally. So no, you just like I watch what you caught. I the shit out of it <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, but then it'll be like a, a binge of like three months of working on the car and trying to get that shit ready. Um, what I really wish I fucking binged on was a seat time like you're doing because that's one thing I haven't done. And I talk so much about like hating working on cars, but truth be told, clearly that's not the case because I'm always fucking doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, and I do hate myself for taking this car apart and not having it ready because two months ago, uh, it was drivable. Like all I needed to do was change the oil, get some fuel for it, and just buy some tires. I just stopped driving because I wanted to focus on paying off some of my debts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a month, like I decided to pull the fucking exhaust and headers off for no reason because I wanted to go turbo because I got a hair up my ass to do it. Well, that's a reason. I didn't, but it didn't need it though. Is my problem? <laughs> but nothing needs it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's also my hot rod. You know, like yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in an old hot rod. That's what I grew up around. Um, and this is what I get to do in my day and age because I couldn't necessarily afford, at the time, at least when I started this, you know, a, f- a five to ten thousand dollars shell. If that makes sense yeah. for the cars I like. Um, you know- you know, I think uh, I think as far as working on cars, I totally feel you with not with hating working on cars, but actually liking it. And mm-hmm. I think the difference, at least for me, is I would enjoy working on something on the car I want to work on. Like mm-hmm. you, you got the turbo. You looked at a perfectly fine car, I assume. Yes. So like, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to take it apart. I'm going to fuck this I'm up. Yeah. turbo it. It's going to be super sick. As opposed to, like, if the stupid thing just doesn't work right and it's, like, stopping you from driving because it's not working and you're trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the difference of yeah. I hate working on the car when it just, like, won't do what I'm trying to make it do. And yeah, it's and- keeping me from having a good time as opposed to I'm going to make it better. Um, no, that's fair. Enjoy uh, the process of making it better. I don't want to fucking change my oil, but if I was, you know, putting a new rear end in, that sounds exciting. 
Yeah. But me changing the oil in that rear end, you know, after the first two events, I have no desire to do that. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. I put the oil in my CTSV when I built it two years ago. Yeah, in 2018 or 2019 when I finished it here. Mm-hmm. And I then I took the whole car apart and rebuilt it again because I didn't like the way it came out. After I, I uh, blew my clutch up. Yeah. And I still haven't changed that oil. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's been on like 10 <laughs> events. And I'm going to pull that rear end out and put it in my street cards this weekend, actually. Um, and I'm still not going to change the fucking oil. You know, I might stick my finger in it just to see if there's still a, it's still in there. But outside of that, it's not happening. Just hold it up, slosh it around. Yeah, exactly. That's good. It'll be fine. Exactly. That's funny. It's been yeah, driven man. like ten times on it. It's good. So is it like a? I guess you're just piecing together everything you need for the turbo. Yeah, I went with on like the, the cars. Ho- I went with the Holly LS manifold kit. Uh, mm-hmm. The turbo kit, which I didn't realize they were going to be fucking, you know, weigh a ton. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, compared to the headers that I had, uh, I would say they weigh about like triple the weight of the headers. Wow. Yeah. I think the headers are probably like, I don't know, 18 pounds all around. And I think these are probably like almost 50. Wow. That's yeah, pretty heavy. Um is it just more material, you think? No, they're fucking cast they're cast iron. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll Alright, well, it's a good thing you're turboing it for all that extra weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's already a front heavy car, so I fucked that up. Yeah. I did save a little bit of weight with finding um I got lucky I found two aluminum eight point eight cases for like three hundred bucks shipped. And then I found a spool that was returned to Amazon for the 8.8 for 50 bucks. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was even thinking about like having someone else order it, scratch it for me, return it, and then I'll buy it when they get it back. <laughs> hey. Playing, playing the Amazon gotta, game. I know. That's fucked up, though. I wouldn't want somebody <laughs> to do that to me. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, that's a... Uh... That's cool though. That's gonna be awesome. You'll get some driving in next year. You'll do the try. You'll do the traveling. That's the Kid goal. And the, uh, and the girlfriend. You go yeah, for it. I mean, you're. Uh, I mean, me where you are. Her. She's like, Where's you know, the... you've never taken me. I was like, I know. I just what to the drift events? No, I invited her to the competition events. Uh huh. But I've never taken to her like a grassroots event. Uh, granted, I didn't have this car very long. I've only taken this car out twice, and both times I've fucked it up. Um, this next time it should be good to go since I think I have a a pretty good idea of everything that was wrong with it. Um, this last time, this next one, I'll, will be my final checklist. And I think the following event, I think I'm going to take everybody like her and my son and everybody that one that's been wanting to go. That's cool. Grassroots events and they get their first ride along. Yeah. You know, I've been, um, like I said, on a track in some shape or form my entire adult life. So that's my whole marriage. So 10 years I've been married. My wife and I have been, uh, or she's always come to the, to the track with me. Uh-huh. Pretty much always, unless it was like really inconvenient, like location or something like that. And she has ridden with me, I think only one time. 
in a drift car and she won't get in the car on like grip stuff because it's like so much faster particularly like with the kids like she will never do it because we have kids mm-hmm. because in her she has like a, like her <laughs> very like morbid mindset sometimes she's like well if you crash the car and then we're both going to get taken out so we can only go one at a time like, so no, she no, would like ride with my friend like my friend like around the track whatever so like she'll go for a ride with him when i'm not out there ah but she just like won't put the two of us in the car at the same time now she did do like like i said the drift event two times she's been only two times a drift event one was at uh linear raceplex across the street from road atlanta uh-huh but that's like just a big open area mm-hmm. you know what i mean and she was just like, what are the chances of us dying in this? I'm like, less than driving to the grocery store. And she's like, what are the chances of us catching on fire? I'm like, man, a little bit higher than driving to the grocery store, but just get out. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll Open go. Open the door. <laughs> yeah, like, right. yeah, just get out. And uh, so she went and did that. And then she recently rode with me on uh, Talladega Grand Prix, which is like a road course in Alabama. Oh, okay. But that's it. But all because of, uh, she's like, no, we can't be in the same place at the same time doing this. Have you like, had... you know what? That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you had any of the littles in it yet? Or, I, I know uh, they're, they're real young. Track. Yeah, that's they're little. Track. Yeah, okay. no, not on the track. So they've run around. They're, they always ask when they can drive the race car, and it's whenever you can touch the pedals. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I wonder if my son can reach him. I want to take him to, like, the, we have the Rose Bowl over here. Uh-huh. Mean, it says, no, no practice driving, but fuck them. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I feel like a cop isn't going to be that much of a dick about it. Probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. You would always kind of so. rolling the dice with the cops, though. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, um, it's just there's just people, you know. It just depends on if he's a jerk or not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's probably not the best idea to learn how to drift. I mean, learn how to drive with like a a welded diff and. uh a manual transmission for your first time at like 10 years old. I don't know. I feel like that's good because everything else is downhill. That's fair. That is fair. You know, my stepdad taught me how to drive, uh, taught me how to drive on like a 1959 MG that was like, you know what I mean? If you didn't like rev match, it would just, you couldn't even get it in gear uh-huh. driving it and no power steering tiny little car or like a massive steering wheel you know so you get leverage like the old cars and uh it was like a tractor it looked cool but it was like a little tractor you drive around and oh it was a good thing because it was everything else was so much easier to drive after that like a normal car so yeah throw them in that throw them in that thing man well to diff manual transmission and then you're gonna go hop in an automatic suv later and be like oh this is easy mode yeah, he's trying to get me to give him this car. My, oh, uh, give it to him! Like as his uh, as yeah. his first car, he's like, "I'll take that one." I was like, "I don't even know if we're gonna have this." Like, just not get your hopes up. Yeah, I might wrap <laughs> it around the pole. Like. Yeah, there's no telling what's gonna happen to that car. But yeah, exactly. Uh, do you how do you, how do you, do you want the children to be before you give them their first ride along? How Wait, old, how old is the wife going to, when is the wife going to let you is a better question. Uh, I don't think she cares. That's a good question. I've never asked her, but I don't think she cares. Oh, nice. So, however old, however old the track's okay with. Oh, okay. So that's most places, that's probably like 14 or so. Yeah. 
Unless uh, it's some like gnarly road course that's really fast with like a wall or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, a normal drift event. I actually took probably uh, do it. My son at the last event I went to. Um, this, that's when my when I realized that I didn't have enough power to get around the track. So that's why I'm going with a 391 diff. Yeah. Try to keep my RPMs up a little bit. Um, I took him and I would. It would get in the power band, but it would fall out really fast, even with like ninety pounds of pressure in the tires. Um, oh man! Yeah, so that's a lot. Yeah, so I was like, "All right, you know." And then the oil got too hot on me, and it thinned out. So as soon as it went to just idling, it was like shut the vehicle down, low oil pressure. Oh wow! So I'm just gonna thicken up the oil for this next one. We think I'm gonna do this this one coming up. And then I'm actually going to pay for another event, which will be like a few, maybe a weekend after or three weekends after. So I can take actually him and the girlfriend out so they all can have their own time in it. That's cool. What track is that? Uh, Apple Valley Speedway. How is that? Uh, it's really fun, actually. It's the first uh, track I've ever been on. Uh, for a while, I hated it, but they've made so much better changes it changes to it since they've sold it. Since it's got new owners, rather, um, they've kind—I of, wouldn't say they widened the track because it doesn't look wide or anything, but they repaved it. Um, they did make a little bit of it wider on the entry. Um, if you are coming to California, I definitely recommend to hit uh, Apple Valley Speedway event. Um, do they do kind of random events? Because I don't think I have it on the schedule, but I'm going to be around there for a while. Uh, I definitely want to go there. Is it like one that they do like? Wednesdays or something, you know what I mean? They don't necessarily do, do Wednesdays, uh, but you could look on their website. It's applevalleyspeedway.com. Uh, okay, what, what but they're doing their own events. Here? It's not like groups renting them out. No, it is It is groups renting them out, but you just hit those people up and then you get... Um, then they'll tell you. The, the way it works here is they Apple Valley Speedway actually doesn't throw their own events, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, they, what they do have is quote-unquote private events. And uh, okay. on their website, if you click on their calendar, it'll open up and it'll say contact so-and-so um, for this event. And then sometimes oh, okay. it'll be a completely private event, and then it'll tell you who the who the organizer is. And then sometimes you kind of just look on, um, on Instagram and then find out who it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there... In California, September 14th through the 24th, and then coming back pretty much just the whole month of December. 14th through the 24th. So, like, right now, there's nothing for those weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, like, 100% sure something will come up. Someone yeah. will get the event. Yeah, those are uh, Sonoma the 14th, Outlaw the 18th, Adams the 24th. Where's Outlaw? Oh, that was the one I already said. It was in um, Stockton. Yeah, I think the... Adams is cool. I don't like... What I don't like about Adams is the price, to be honest. Because you only get... Oh, yeah? Yeah, you only get three hours. Um, I think it's $35 a session now. So you look Per at session? It, so for so it's three hours? Yeah, or? and one session is an hour. Um, oh. So you're looking at $105 for three hours of driving. Oh, that sucks. It's only three. Why is it only three hours? That's just how it is. That's how they do it. Um, it's from Not six. It's pretty much 
6 to 9.30. Oh. Yeah, maybe 10 if you're lucky. Um, well, that's interesting. If there's a Apple Valley event instead, that might be better than, huh? Yeah, I would I would say so, for sure. Um, how, what is, like, the? I don't have them on a map, I just have them on a the list. Like, what, how far are those from each other? Uh, you said you had, what was the other one you, you're going to before Stockton. that? Stockton. So, Stockton is north of us, and that is about a, like, I think that's like a five or six hour drive. Oh, okay, so other end of the state. Yeah, you're looking at, like, here, hang on, let me check. So... Was Adams down south? Yeah, that's in Riverside, California. Okay, so I'm going to be down there anyway. Because yeah. we already have something booked down there, like where to stay. Oh, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, Stockton is just west of San Francisco. No, east of San Francisco. Right. So. Okay. But yeah. if it's in, uh, instead of. What was the other one I said? In Riverside? Yeah. Adams? Instead of Adams. Adams is a great experience. I'm not going to take that away from Adams. I just don't like the structure that they have. I really wish... I don't know if they allow the track rental the way Apple Valley Speedway does. Mm. Or or Willow Springs. Um, but I just don't like the fact that it's only for like four hours. I mean, I am grateful it is like every two weeks, though. That's I mean, nice. You, you do have that aspect of it. It is every yeah. other weekend. Um I think that probably the best track here that you'll really, really like is going to be Horse Thief Mile over at Willow Springs. Um, Willow Springs has like five or probably more tracks, actually. I think they have like seven or eight. Um, oh, wow. About five of those you're allowed to drift on. Um, I would like to do Horse Thief Mile. That's what I was going to say. Horse Thief Mile not on the is schedule, but if I can like, figure out how to do that great, there, probably in December, that would be event to have to be at um i drove it for the first time a couple years ago it was actually my first event in my new car mm-hmm. and uh that's when i like i fucking didn't tighten my caliber down so i sent half the day oh, no. shit. yeah and i drove there without any rear brakes it was fucking lovely um no that if you that one would i would say that track is probably the best track in socal uh, okay. In my opinion, uh, and then AVS is a close second, which is uh, Apple Valley Speedway. That's good to know because a lot of that that matters a lot to me is kind of one: what's the track like? Is it a cool track? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun to drive, and then the groups that are there because I also want to find like people to drive with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas most places you show up and. Uh, and it's really not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? They'll just like, they'll know you and they'll just like watch you drive a few times. They're like, all right, cool. You're good. Just jump in there. Yeah. That's, and then I'll find fair. some people to drive with. So I'm always like trying to find people better than me and then I'll drive with them and then try to learn something from them. You no, know what I mean? Sense. No, exactly. But yeah, the track is a pretty big difference. Well, I was going to uh, E-Town. Uh-huh. Uh, when was that? A few weeks ago. Going to E-Town was a massive pain for me. Because uh-huh. j- just for like my situation then, because I had to, I had to go back to Atlanta and I was staying in New Jersey, really close to Phil, like right across the water um, from Philadelphia. So I had to go back, like drive the drift car over there. They had like Lexan windows and crap. 
nothing in it. Drive it to the airport, leave it at the airport, fly home to work, work one of our track events. So I had to get up. I was up at 4 a.m. in Atlanta. Went to Atlanta Motorsports Park for one of our events. Did the whole event. Uh, I have like an E46 that's like a track car. Mm-hmm. Just like a 330s, like a basic car. Yeah. And I dropped that car off. Got my dad to take me to the airport. Caught like a 10.30 p.m. flight that same night. Flew to Philly. Got the car from the airport, obviously. And my wife had already driven up to Englishtown with the truck. And then I had like an hour and a half drive from the Philly airport up to Englishtown. So that was just like an absurdly long day. Plus, we couldn't take the RV just because my wife would have had to tow it because I wasn't there. And she's not like not comfortable towing it. Yeah. So we, we had to get a hotel for two nights. So anyway, it was a big pain for me to go to E-Town. So I posted in like one of the Facebook groups where people have been there. I was like, hey, I'm going to E-Town, the club loose. Looks like it's going to be cool, but it's difficult for me to get there. Because I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, is this really worth all this trouble? And uh, I was like, and I'm like, I'm not going to drive with anybody. I'm going to be doing you know, solo laps, which is whatever. That's fine. But, you know, that was another thing to consider. It's like, so is the track super awesome? And that was like an offensive question to ask <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> Everybody was like, <laughs> it's like, it's the greatest place on earth. <laughs> like, okay, so I'll take that as a yes. So I did it. I did the whole thing and I made it and I went and it is pretty cool. I'm glad I went. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of it for me is just the track, especially since it's so far from home. You know, I mean, everywhere I'm going so far from home, who knows when I'll get to do it again. So I greatly value local people's opinions, such as yourself. What are the best tracks to go to? I'll try to make those tracks happen. How often do the does the um, horse thief smile well, run? Is that just bad. whenever somebody I, rents it out? Yeah, um, but I'm curious as to how much it costs because uh, it doesn't look. I noticed that a lot, there's not a whole lot of events. Like I know there's one this weekend for um, shit. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, my buddy's going to it too, and he kept fucking telling me about it. Uh, crap. It's a big event. Anyways, uh, but normally it's like a hundred bucks to drive there for a day. And That's not bad. Which is which is why I argue about the Adams Motorsport Park because it's a hundred bucks. It's actually more almost. Um, and you get you know three and a half hours of driving if you're lucky, as yeah. opposed to you know going to Willow Springs for a whole day. I mean, don't get me wrong, all. All three of these spots are all desert locations where it's not, you know, obviously Los Angeles is a desert, but, you know, when you're in the city, it's not as hot. But when you get to anywhere like an hour outside of Los Angeles, it becomes extremely desert. Um, So like Willow Springs is probably gets it's in the hundreds usually, you know, high 90s. If that like during the summer. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's pretty hot. So you got to be mindful of that, especially with your vehicles and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I mean, you get a few people, most of the people live around here. So, you know, 
everyone knows the weather in those areas, so they're pretty mindful of that. But uh, I think a lot of them don't really have overheating issues. If not, they get like, um, you know, those like those bug sprayers, those pressurizers, those pressurized sprayers. Yeah. A lot of people will use that, like, you know, spray their radiators down while it's running. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So it was like know. a fairly, that's not terrible. You have to do that every now and then. Yeah. Cool or like every few laps or something like that. I mean, yeah. you're still out here. You're, they're still out there, like, giving it their all. Um, yeah. You know, drifting is just so hard on a car, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, yeah, it's 100 and whatever degrees. And it's just like banging off the rev limiter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every lap. I know. I'm trying to find a. I'm trying to find an aluminum radio right now for my vehicle, and uh, I was hoping to find one used. I found one not too far from me in Riverside, actually, where Adams Motorsport Park is. Some guy's parting one out, but he hasn't told me if it's damaged or not because the car took a front end hit. Oh man, that's important. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, if I can get it from him damaged, I have a welder. Like I'll handle it. But that means I get to get it like dirt cheap then. Yeah, and you get to weld. So bad. Yeah, buying things on the buying things on the internet is hard. Yeah, from people. Yeah, at least he was cool. But he's like, "Hey, let me make sure it's not fucked up." I was like, Thank "Yeah, you, please." Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I like the through the winter time. Mm-hmm. I was before we started the kind of like little long trip. We've been in the RV for about six months now. Okay, but not on this like kind of long trip yet up until like a month or so we were just like georgia florida you know kind of within 500 miles of home kind of a thing yeah and um but anyway i was like before i started this i wanted something faster that i could be a little maybe a little bit more competitive with and like grassroots competitions i would come across mm-hmm. and i was like well i can turbo the car but that's kind of expensive and i'm worried about reliability okay uh or if you get a corvette like everybody else and I had like three or four C6 Corvettes because they're shorter and they would fit in the RV if you took the bumper off. And I had like three or four of them. And all of them, they had like a, you know, had angle and handbrake and stuff, some basic drift stuff on them. Uh-huh. And every one of those, dude, I could not get anybody to just send me videos of it running. I would see it. I was like, hey. I like your car, sir. I will get on a plane and I will give you money for that car. But before I get on the plane and come to you, because they're all out of state. Of course. I would like you to send me some videos of it running, like now. Not from like six months ago. And just driving around or something. Yeah, you know I mean, I feel like that's a reasonable request. Yeah. Especially and if you're going to drop like, what, 10 to 15 grand on one of those for something that's, I would assume if you're going to turn one of those into a drift car, it's going to be a little bit rugged. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's what you want, is one that's, like, decent mechanical shape, but a little beat up. Yeah. At least that's what I wanted. <laughs> you're like, I, you're like yeah, if it's got a 5.3 swap, like, just don't tell me. A couple times. <laughs> yeah, just don't tell me. I'll never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll roll it across the scales once and be like, it was a little heavier in the front than I thought, and then just continue on with my life, and it won't matter. Yeah, one of my Cadillac buddies was like, hey, uh, this guy wants to trade my daughter, who's, like, fucking 16, by the way. He's like, hey, he he's trying to trade her his C5 for that needs quote unquote head gaskets. I was like, that's a gamble already for her little like 128i BMW she's got. That's weird. I was like, one, I would immediately do that. Two, you might have to throw a 5.3 in it. 
<laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. and he was like, "Yeah, that's what I was thinking." He's like, "I didn't care about spending an extra, you know, twenty five hundred bucks to get a five three installed." Because you get them for like eight hundred bucks here. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. But uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just gonna get my some videos. No, it's probably for the best. I mean, if I had crashed a vet up there, I mean, I could have replaced it, but it was way easier to find an E36 than it would have been to find a Gorvette and a lot cheaper. Yeah, but that's Especially also an option, too. Especially since, like, move my stuff over. But that's also an option, too, is to find one that's broken and have somebody probably, like, wherever you're going to be heading to um, to probably, like, get it prepped for you. If that's something that you are you can afford, of course. Um, yeah. And then, you know, sell your BMW, get your, or ship it home. Whatever it is you decide to do, that might be like not such a bad idea either. But it would also save you a few bucks because everybody with a C six is trying to get a million dollars right now. Oh yeah, they've like they've just gone up. Mm-hmm. They're more like twenty grand for a shit show. Yeah, dude, and it's just like I mean, everything has its problems. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I would just got I just like join some of the groups or whatever, just like see what people were talking about with them. And I mean, I feel like they just break, dude. Like they're not. I mean, not. A lot, but they're just they're gonna have their own issues and yeah. But they're also fifteen know, years the old. Transmissions in a weird spot. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like maybe it's a little bit more difficult to work on just because of like a familiarity. You know what I mean? And then I don't know. Maybe some stuff be more expensive. I was unsure about the fiberglass for durability, although it seems like they're pretty tough. Yeah. Uh. I haven't seen a whole lot of posts of people just, like, blowing out, like, fenders or anything, so that seems to be good. Yeah, I've seen a few take a pretty decent hit. Are you in that, like, the uh, the Corvette Drift community or whatever it's called on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in that one, too. I haven't seen I haven't seen any posts like that. You know, the most thing I see is, like, some boomer in there who's mad that someone's drifting the same car that they fucking drive to church on Sundays in. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a draw for a Corvette, honestly, for me. It was just like how offensive it was to other Corvette owners, because that's like and they're almost all dead. It's all right. Yeah, well, they're getting there. Give another <laughs> ten years, it's yeah. going to be, and that's going to be it. Because it's like Corvettes have always been. People always try to get way more than what they were probably worth for various reasons, and I feel like like that kind of guy, like the traditional Corvette owner, is going to try and get way more money for it because, like, to him, it's super special. Yeah. Where he's like, this is the 400th black C5 made yeah, in March there's always that 1998 guy. while Kevin was on the assembly line. It was yeah. like, nobody cares about any of that. <laughs> yeah. It's a vet. Like, my brother worked there. As many there as people would sell. Like, it's not like Ferrari's pretty good at making slightly less than there are for buyers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Chevy's just kind of like it was like cool. How many more people want them? Let's build them. Let's do it. So I don't know, but yeah, Corvettes are a funny thing. So you can get them for a good price, but you you kind of have to work for it. Yeah, for sure. But see how I don't it works know. Out. We'll stick with the E36 and see how it goes. I've been dabbling with the nitrous ideas. You know, I I like the nitrous idea. Uh, what I don't like is how expensive nitrous is and how much more it's going to cost you in the long run. How uh, much? How much is it to fill a bottle, like a fifteen pound bottle? Isn't it? 
I think it's that was about, the next thing I was looking at. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, here I'll look it up right now. Uh, what is it? No two. Because the systems aren't too bad. It's nitrous price. You're gonna get like some kind of like dentist supply. Uh, whatever it is, you know what I mean. If whatever. Yeah. So January 29th. So it looks like on the average it's about six bucks. And this person, I don't know where the fuck they're from. Uh oh shit. How much do you get for six dollars? It's one pound though. So you're oh, six dollars a pound. Yeah. Well, this is. I think someone's asking them. Canada. In, no. In Quebec, it's eight to fifteen dollars a pound. Um. Twenty bucks a pound in Australia, if you're wondering. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that sounds ridiculous. So if it is six dollars, it'd be like ninety dollars for a fifteen pound bottle. Yeah, but then Still. how many events are you going to? You know, how many yeah, times are you going to use that? I wouldn't run it on all of them, though. I would run them if it's like a big course or if it was um, if I was doing like a competition or something like that. And that wouldn't be a lot. It'd be like a seventy-five shot. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like with nitrous, it's like the car. You can easily develop a problem with it. <laughs> with cars, you're like, "Wow, this fifty shot's working great." But a hundred was going to work even better. Let me bump it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the same thing goes for boost too, especially if you have like uh, an adjustable boost situation where you're like, "I'm going to fucking change the spring real quick because this spring is eight dollars." Yeah, you know, it's you know just like a few oh, runs. That eight dollars, yeah, your piston <laughs> just went through your fucking hood now. So, <laughs> yeah, your eight dollars just turned into like fifty five hundred real quick. Um, uh, I think you know, there's that, and and there's uh, I, don't know. I think boost with like an E eighty five setup is like probably the the best bang for buck in the long run, and I, I probably for the long. run. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, especially if you can swing the like five grand or whatever it's gonna cost you. What's like a CX racing kit? I don't know if you've actually looked at the CX racing stuff. I don't know anything about their it's turbos. Expensive. It's like thirty five hundred dollars. I don't know from shit about I've their turbos. Heard, the turbos from the people that I've talked to that have used those CX racing kits, the manifolds crack constantly. Mm-hmm. So just like if you get the kit, just throw the manifold away and get a different manifold, or just keep it. And just assume you're gonna buy a couple of them. Uh, but the turbos are actually fairly decent. Really? Yeah. I'm sure they're not like great technology, but as far as not breaking, well, then, they work okay. And I don't remember how much they are, but they're extremely inexpensive. I was looking at, because the turbo I'm getting is like an S475 from Borg Warner. Um, that's what I decided on because it was, it's super, uh, a super common turbo, but not only is that, it's like super reliable, it seems, because I haven't seen, I haven't heard a, single bad thing about them and it's also like a thousand bucks yeah it's not bad so you can't go wrong with it at least that's what i felt like that's probably a good way to go i feel like a cx racing kit not that i've done it but just in like i've tried to like talk to everybody i've met with turbo e36s to try and understand like what's working and what's not and in this application which is drifting Mm -hmm. and it seems like the people who have the CX racing kits and they're working. It's not a bad idea to to buy it because it is really cheap. 
and is to buy it and then use it for use like the intercooler, use the plumbing, use um, and then maybe get another turbo. Definitely get a, a turbo manifold, yeah. like another turbo manifold, and maybe another turbo. But if you did that, you still wouldn't be super deep into it with a CX kit and just a better turbo and, and a turbo manifold. Yeah, and if you go on their website, uh, you can actually find their parts. And better yet, if you call them, you can get a cash price picked up. Really? Uh, well, Where are they? don't quote me on that. They're they're over here in LA. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I think they're like probably like ten minutes from my house, if I'm not mistaken. I actually got my five hundred dollars. I think I got my um, my headers from them for my E46 when I had it. Um. I think they were listed at like four eighty online, and I was like, "What's your pickup? What's your price cash picked up?" And I think I spent like four twenty. Wow! So it was a, got to save a few bucks. That's pretty good. Um, and I didn't have a problem with those headers because those weren't like a turbo setup. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was that they were one and five eighths headers, which is kind of small. Yeah. Um. I mean, I forgot how cheap this is. This is twenty one hundred dollars. Yeah. For reference, like. like for reference, like uh, TRM, uh-huh. which is uh, fairly, they're not big anymore, but they've they've done a lot of like really reliable turbo stuff. Like they test on road race cars and everything. And I mean, you're, you're going to be eight grand for one of their turbo kits. Yeah. I mean, to be now, fair, that you get comes what you pay with for. A tune. Yeah, exactly. But I always wonder, is it really that big of a price gap? You know what I mean? If you get a CX fit, are you getting, are you spending 25% of that price and getting 80% of the experience and quality? You know what I mean? That's, and I don't know. That's I just point. don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I don't know. I would say go for it. I mean, you might as well. You're already going to be out here. And isn't that RK Teens dude out here? Oh, yeah. Maybe he is. I thought he was on the East Coast, but I don't know where he is. But yeah, I mean, you can get it tuned. Yeah, well, I would assume you're going to be utilizing the um, the stock ECU and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. You're not being a great influence on me right now. You were for a minute talking me out of nitrous. Oh, he's in New York. Oh, all right. I mean, you just call him. West Babylon. They ship him everywhere. Yeah. I'm sure you just call him, tell him exactly what it is. Yeah, I think he has like a system down, doesn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm sure he does, yeah. yeah a lot of those guys do. Even like you get something like an off-the-shelf tune from like Turner mm-hmm. Motorsports or something, you know, it's going to be... It's the same kind of thing. Oh, shit. You know who else is fucking out here? And I don't know their damn name. And, like, several people I know are, like, sponsored by him, too. I, can't, I think his name's Sam, but he drives an E30. I want to say with an S54 or whatever it is that came in the M3, the E46 M3. Yeah, S54. Yeah. And he's our, he has, like, a turbo. What's his name? He does the, the drift league a lot. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I can't remember. His, I want to not he does that. tuning. I want to say he does because I'm not mistaken. He built his whole car. Um, I'll double check. 
I know who I can check. RJ's account. I was also thinking about, I couldn't do it in the RV because I would need somewhere to, to work on it. You know what I mean? To pull the motor. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about selling the S52 because those are worth 3500 bucks, something like that now. And then buying an M50, which is like the 325, like non-Vanos mode. It's like the one nobody wanted. So you know those for like maybe 500 bucks, something like that. But the the engine's relatively the same size, but it's like the bore's different. Mm-hmm. So you have much thicker cylinder walls on mm-hmm. the on the M50. Apparently, there's a little bit more stout, and then boost that. And uh, I would assume that the power range, like the the range, wouldn't be that great, wouldn't be as good, just because it's a lower displacement. But I mean, the cost of, I mean, selling the S52 out of the engine would offset, offset some, of, some of the cost. And then, worst case scenario, I do blow the engine up. I blew up a $500 engine, not a $3,500 or $4,000 engine. There's you also I mean? the option of just doing a, a case swap. <laughs> oh, man. Which uh, I feel like somebody has a kit. I am not a fabricator, so if I ever did a swap, I would need like a swap. Kit. You're like this fucking it's better like, bolt. Put <laughs> this here, dummy, and then yeah. put this here. <laughs> yeah, I got a buddy, uh, a friend of mine, Ryan. Yeah, um, he just did a a K series swap on his FRS that he just finished rebuilding. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's and he's like, I found a turbo manifold for like a thousand bucks. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> I was like, do it. That would be about a case. Well, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I thought about one for my vehicle, too, because I thought it's, they're fucking plentiful and all that fun stuff. But Wait, in the Cadillac? Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't Talk be able to get it approved. hated by a group of car enthusiasts. Every, like, Cadillac CTS, like, Corvette person enthusiast would have a real problem with you putting that Honda motor in there. <laughs> No, if I was gonna do that, I would build like a rat rod or something and do that, like a turbo. Oh, okay. K-series. I thought you were talking about putting in the C in the CTS. Oh no, I thought about that too. But uh, if I was gonna do the CTS, I, I would I would probably to do something obscure. I would probably do like a Saturn Sky engine and trans setup. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, only because they're plentiful and you can buy a wrecked one for like two grand. So you have a motor and trans setup. A turbo inline four cylinder that's capable of like what three four hundred horsepower mm-hmm. in your set with a bigger obviously you have to go like bigger turbo and you're gonna spend some money on you know aftermarket parts but I think the biggest problem here in California is getting it legalized. Mm-hmm. So how what I mean what is that process like? Because where I'm from, it's like you got headlights, cool. You got tail lights, cool. You got you got turn signals, all right, you're good. Yeah, you guys got it made. So apparently, yeah, here, it's not. We don't even have emissions. But if you go into Atlanta, there's emissions. It depends on the county you're in. If you live closer to Atlanta, then yeah, you got to get smogged and stuff. But if you're, I live like an hour north of the city, like right, pretty much like right next to Road Atlanta is where I lived, and that county didn't have emissions. Like you could literally do whatever. Hmm. So what is it? What is it like there? Uh, so am here, I going to be given a hard time driving my car around in? <laughs> you are definitely going to be given a hard time. Um, you have a Georgia plates? Does that help? Not really. If your car is loud, you're fucked. 
I mean, my car is loud too. But well, no, it just kind of depends on what you have going on. They can cite you for certain things. Like in California, you have to everything has to be quote unquote carb legal, um, which is like I don't know. I think it's here, Denver. I know it's here. It's Colorado and New York. There's probably another one. Uh, where they require carb legal parts, which basically goes through a series of testing to see, just so they're like, hey, this part meets or exceeds factory emissions. Uh, whereas, like, you know, in Texas, you can cut your fucking, you can put headers on and you're good to go. Yeah. Well, here you can't. My uh, buddy in high school, I like cars he, he would get, he would just like take a hacksaw to the, like, just cut them up a lot. Yeah. Or just cut it off, like, at the gas. Yeah. Side uh, note, uh, 412 yeah. Motorsports, I sent it to you on Instagram, is the shop here that does tuning for the BMW stuff. Um, okay. So, but like here, there's something called uh, a bar where you have to go through, uh, which is like a state thing, where a lot of people, I don't know if you've ever seen this the ter- or heard the term was of a state ref or like any uh, street cars that are around here, uh, no. cops will give a state ref. So what that means, you actually have to go to this bar place, which is like a, think of like a smog check, but like a very thorough smog check. Where they're looking at everything and they're going through everything on your vehicle. Um, as far as emissions is concerned, I don't, I mean, they'll look at like certain things online to like match it up and stuff like that. Um, but if you want to do like an engine swap, your vehicle, it has to be the same year as your vehicle or newer. So if I want to do an engine swap on my 2003, it has to be 2003 or newer. It doesn't matter where it's from, but you have to. It doesn't to... matter where it's from. So it could be any, it could be a different like make engine as long as it's newer. Yeah, I could throw a fucking Hemi in it if I wanted to. Um but right, like this is a 2004 Hemi, all right? Exactly, it. but you have to use the stock um, manifolds, catalytic converters. It basically would have like let's just say I use the a truck engine or something like that from like a 04 um, Durango or something. Yeah, with a Hemi in it, I would have to run all of that. Um, it even says the transmission, which I think is a little fucking weird. Um, I don't know why it has transmission on there. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know, considering that transmission has almost nothing to do with emissions. Um, but it does say transmission has to be the same as well. But I think... Yeah, that's weird. Why? But I think that's a gray area. Yeah. So, I'm Probably not... because the person who made the law didn't really know what they were talking about. Yeah. The person uh... actually enforcing it is like, yeah, this is dumb. I'll give you a little bit of a... Yeah, I think that's... a little wiggle room on this one? Yeah, and I I think that's kind of, like, the deal behind it. But you have to run, like... You'll have to run, like, the complete ECU and all that fun stuff, and then all of your shit will have to work, like, your speedometer, your RPM gauge, whatever it is you have. Whatever you have going on. No, man. So it is... I mean... I guess race car doesn't matter if you're going to tow it somewhere, but... No, but you have the EPA doing that thing. Like, I just have, like, my... My CTS V is non opt, and then my CTS is actually I just got the new registration for it today. But the only thing my CTS has is like a K and N intake, but I have the carb version, so that's quote unquote legal because it's carb certified. So you have to get carb certified aftermarket stuff parts, correct? Okay. Um, and then I have it's my carb certified shift knob, and then and then um. <laughs> 
exorcisms aren't necessarily allowed, but at the same time, it's kind of like uh, they're after the catalytic converters. So it's kind of like you can have something different, but it can't be over like 95 decibels or something like that. Huh. All right. What if it's a stock exhaust that's over 95 decibels? Because there's some pretty loud cars. Uh, actually. Like GT500s uh, or something like that? You know what else is? It's like the, the Hellcats from ICE. If I'm not mistaken, like I've seen people online get get um, the state ref, which is where they have to go to bar for to get a retest. And they're like, this is stock. Like, this is OEM parts. <laughs> I like, just got they're this. They're like, it doesn't pass. He's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I never followed up to see where, like, where, where that video ended, but I do remember hearing about that. It was a, uh, I think it was a, a Dodge Demon Charger, if I'm not mistaken. That is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's suck. a Dodge though. Uh, where's your next event after this one? Uh, next event is that Riverside, the that like fifty k one. It's in Indiana, yeah. So I'm in I'm in Ohio now. So I'm just going over to Indiana. It's like I think it's only a couple hours. Oh, okay. Uh, the two tracks, and then after that is uh, Colorado. All right. So we're doing. We're just gonna knock out the knock out that long that long drive between there. Probably do some of those like harvest hosts, like I was talking about. We're just gonna stay a night, different places. But yeah, so Colorado, and then yeah, drift Colorado, and then Evergreen Drift, which is in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spirit Peaks, also in Washington. Drift Evolution, Oregon, and then California, and then after California, Salt Lake, uh, Salt City Drift, which is obviously Utah. Well, and then we're gonna do some fun California. stuff. I'll definitely yeah, try man. to get something going. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, even if it's like one set of tires or something. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. I gotta go. Uh, gotta go out there to. Or Steve Mile. I gotta figure that out. Yeah, hopefully they'll have something coming up soon. Yeah. Um but I think I'm gonna end it there, sir. I know it's like one AM over there. It is. I didn't even notice it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. yeah that's how it goes. It's the longest episode I've done in a while, so yeah. all right. Enjoy it. But uh how can people find you, sir? If they want uh, to follow you on uh, the old social medias. On the social medias, uh on Instagram, it's a uh, drifty by nature. Talk about like a naughty by nature if you're old enough to get that. Uh, if not, it's just drifted by nature. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Attempting YouTube videos, same name. So, any suggestions, hit me up. Nice. <laughs> I'm always open to uh, making things better. Uh, but also, no, I'm still learning. So, we'll get, the, we'll get it figured out. But yeah, that's pretty much the two. Awesome. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to see. Try new things. Go to different drift events. So we get that website too, driftybynature.com. And there's a spreadsheet on there with, to my knowledge, pretty much every grassroots drift event in the country this year. That's been so, publicly. Yeah. 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 That's been publicly put up. And there are ones on there that, at least at the time, were not public. And we just messaged them and then got what they said their dates were going to be. Sweet. And put them up there. So, yeah, check it out. Try something different. Awesome, man. Go new places. Alrighty, sir. I think I'm going to end it there. Uh, you have a good night and good luck this weekend. I know you're going to go drive again. Yeah, thank then, you. I'm going to try to stay out of walls this time. Shoot shoot me a message when you're uh, heading this way to remind me, and I'm going to try to get 
try to meet up with you uh, at an event somewhere. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome, man. You have a good one. All right. We'll see you. Bye.